Hey, what's up? Welcome to Movie Dumpster Season 3, Episode 11. Today we're talking The Meteor Man from 1993, directed by Robert Townsend. Joining us today is our resident artist, Davey the Scaredy Cat DeForn. What up? I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor hunter Zolomon McGraw. And this is Davey the Scaredy Cat. Welcome to the dumpster. Pumpkin, look who I've got. Well, what happened to him? Well, the gangbangers tried to shoot him, but they couldn't hurt him. <laughs> you can open your eyes now, Jeff. Surprise! Mama, what is that? You gotta have a uniform to fight crime. Media man. Another thank you to Rudy. Thank you for the fucking figure. That's awesome. What, what did he send you now? Uh, no, I'm just, uh, this is the same thing. It's the, the, uh, the Hunter's Allman reverse flash figure he sent me, uh, a couple days ago. Which, uh, you what? You post that right on the Instagram if anybody wants to check that out. Yes. Would you put him up there with everybody else, Connor? Uh, yes. Well, actually, you know what's funny is I miscounted the amount of reverse flashes I have on that shelf. I have so many now. <laughs> but which is the real one? Think about what just left your mouth. That sentence. <laughs> <laughs> Forgot about the pop vinyl that's right beneath those guys. So yeah, we're fresh off uh, the suckling. Um, I hope you all enjoyed that one because that was a that was a fun romp, fun uh, mutant baby romp. Yeah, what a lighthearted adventure that was. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> lighthearted. That's a that's a good word for it. <laughs> I wanted to throw an addendum in here because I totally missed a another MDU connection. Um, that that I that I uh, teased and then didn't go into uh, Bertha, who throws the aborted fetus down a, um, a toilet. Uh, she, when she dies and gets her head ripped off, the suckling sucks her down into the toilet into the Mario Brothers dimension. She gets dumped into Koopa City One. <laughs> she becomes Big Bertha. She adopts the the moniker <laughs> Big and becomes Big Bertha, the bouncer at the Boom Boom Bar. It also made her black. No, she was already black. Well, she was. <laughs> She's already black. Bertha's already black. Wait, I'm Connor's I'm, already forgotten the movie. It's only been a few <laughs> days. He's already fucking excised it. Here's the problem: is that all those like extra characters in the back? I'm like, who the fuck is that person again? Oh man, she was like, she was like Big Mama's right hand uh, uh, lady. I don't know how you had that entire fucking Luigi birth uh, ancestry figured out, but you forgot the Big Bertha connection. I was complete. I w- my brain was encroached with mutant baby fetus at that time. Sure, sure. And thinking about that pickled one, you know, the the styrofoam one in the jar. You're trying to get your hand. On. Exactly. I was laser focused on um, the idea of the baby being trained by Splinter in the sewer. So, <laughs> yes. You keeping up with all that, uh, Dave? <laughs> it's all processing. Look, we are mere mortals with burdened with all this lore, okay? We can't can't process all of it at the same time. Yeah, we're like we're like HP Lovecraft protagonists, man. Or or <laughs> God. Because we're like we're like we have these dreams, right? And we're like influenced by things we can't certainly, you know, we don't understand. So how long until I'm written out of uh, existence? Uh, I don't know, man. It's to be seen. So we're all single, nameless scholars who live in the same valley in Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh huh. And then we have to go fight some invisible force on a fucking mountain somewhere. Yeah. Cool. So yeah. On a lighter note, we're talking some. Co- we're talking comic books today, fellas. Superheroes. Maybe one of the first uh, superheroes. On the silver screen. I saw an updated 
poster or something about this that said before Black Panther and before Blade there was the Meteor Man. <laughs> it's true. Before Blank Man even. Oh, it was before Black Panther and before before Blank Man. That was what it was. It was before Black Panther and Blank Man. Yeah, that was our MD guy, yeah. Connor. What are you losing it fucking over there, man? You know what? Maybe I am. I'm fucking exhausted. <laughs> yeah, dude. Uh thanks. Uh Sean came up with that tagline for that one. So yeah. Thank you very much. I it has been just like a fucking nonstop blur at work, so maybe I am just like <laughs> totally losing my mind it's okay it's all right it's totally cool we won't uh hold this one against you no by the way you should go over that uh movie dumpster's instagram and uh follow us and uh, check out that md guide let you know what what's coming up on the schedule yes and review us on itunes or i will keep to my thread of murdering an mdu character once every hour i don't know dude so who's dead so far connor who'd you take out there's not many so all of them it's been a week They keep they keep jumping through portals <laughs> getting away from it so yeah this movie um Probably one of the biggest superhero movies to to kick everything off. I can't really think of one before that. Am I crazy, guys? I mean, Batman, Superman, Batman. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like the two big ones. Okay, I'll go fuck myself now. Because what I, the fuck are those? I just blanked. And the movie I was on for last time, Punisher with Dolph Lundgren. Yes, yes. Good. You, now I'm going to sound like a fucking asshole on the air. Thank you. <laughs> that makes two of us. Watch Batman. I never saw it. Watch The Rocketeer. <laughs> Okay, the first black superhero. Yes. Ever. Yes, at least at least on film for sure. Yes, on film. I feel like Luke Cage was around by now. Yeah. Yes. No, oh, dude, you got Luke Cage, Black Panther, um Blade. I mean, all all of them are around right now in comic book format. Right. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. But um as far as the film format goes, this is the first black superhero movie? And uh I have some uh trivia about this movie's connection to another comic book property. Um, so this movie, when you, when you break down the plot is a man named Jefferson Reed, who is a black school teacher who defends his neighborhood from a local gang with superpowers. Um, in DC's Black Lightning, a black school principal named Jefferson Pierce defends his neighborhood from a gang <laughs> using superpowers. Wow. Do you think they, do you think, uh, uh, Robert, uh, Townsend dogged that from Black Lightning? I don't know. <laughs> I've never read the comic books. I'm I, I'm deferring to you guys on this episode because I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. It's just surface level to the point where like it could be parallel thinking, but at the same time when you break them down to like very like fundamental pieces, you're like, huh. Well, it comes down to the uh, published date. Yeah, well, I, I think a friend of mine well, I was talking about it. He checked the wiki and I think uh, he said Black Lightning struck first and then made it a point to say, "Do you see what I did there?" <laughs> <laughs> For that, uh, Meteor Man was a comic book after the movie. Yes. It was a spinoff from the film. So Really? Yeah, Marvel picked it up for a, a six-issue miniseries post-film. Yes. Who does he fight in that? Does he fight anybody? Does he just get clobbered by fucking civilians? Uh, he teams up with other, like... Marvel superheroes. Okay. Meteor Man and the Fantastic Four. Like Night Thrasher, which is another black superhero. Um, Spider-Man. But yeah, it just runs for six issues, and it's has no continuity to the actual 616, but huh. they tried to make money off of it. I did see that. I did see that cover with the Spider-Man mask like behind him. I was like, what the fuck? I was like, I need to read these. I love that you can say there's a Marvel continuity that consists of just Meteor Man meeting Marvel people. <laughs> okay, so canonically... When are we going to see Meteor Man in the MCU? Oh. See? he's He's got to be there, right? When when Kevin Feige collects that last uh, right... <laughs> Infinity Gem? Infinity Gem. 
Yeah. I guess I guess whenever they're ready to pay Robert Townsend because he's the creator of the character. So. That's right. Uh, written and directed by Robert Townsend. Triple threat. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. They, they don't even want to pay Universal for the sole rights to uh, Namor and the Hulk, so <laughs> it's not looking very good. <laughs> this is true. Real quick, this movie's impossible to find online uh, legitimately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. I found it on HDDY.com. Because I was like, oh, I'll just throw it on Prime real quick or whatever, but like, I ended up having to pop my VHS in. And then, like, I watched, I don't know, 45 minutes of the movie, and then, like, it just started fucking dropping out. And I think I got to clean the heads on my player or whatever, but, um, yeah, I had to fucking, I had to do a quick, uh, a quick switch, and with, uh, Sean helped me out on that one. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to talk about where I got that from, but we made it happen. <laughs> uh, it was an underhanded uh, uh, deal. It may or may have not uh, came out of the glove box of Baby... We don't know. No, we're not sure. We're not talking about the details. <laughs> uh, John Hurt's car, by the way, if you don't know what the fuck we're talking about. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so uh, let's uh, let's plot crunch. I think Connor already plot crunched it, right? But <laughs> Yeah, and comparing it to Black Lightning, I already gave away the plot. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Substitute teacher. Except for his batshit insane origin moment, which I can't wait to go into detail about because I'm <laughs> not ready for that. <laughs> So, substitute teacher Jefferson Reed um, lives in the middle of Washington, D.C., a gang-ravaged neighborhood, if you will, and um, he crosses paths with the gang one night trying to save some lady from getting beat up by little children and gets hit by a fucking meteor and becomes Meteor Man, imbued with powers from beyond, like x-ray vision and laser vision and flight. And whatever the plot needs in that very moment, he has the ability. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he ba- he has the abilities of most of the Justice League and like some, like, like some Marvel dashes here and there. He just has everything. And he seems to get new abilities on the fly. I wrote down a list of every power he had, if you want me to read it. <laughs> Go for it. I want to hear this. Yes, please. Yeah, shoot. So... S- Superhuman strength, super speed, super hearing, flight, x-ray vision, x-ray laser, super breath, invulnerability, telekinesis, healing powers, weather manipulation, an ability to communicate with dogs or temporarily absorb a book's contents via physical contact for 30 seconds, which the movie states 30 seconds multiple times, but I also clocked each time that he touched something. (laughs) Yes! And none of them are for 30 seconds. Oh, my God. Which is my favorite power that he has, by the way. Yeah. That's 13 motherfucking powers. That's a lot, right? <laughs> you just keep your hand on the book when you're taking a fucking test and you just, like, ace the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he the, the scene shows him grading papers by touching it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love, love that. that. He's basically just, like, black Superman, but better. I like him way better than Superman. <laughs> yeah, and he's fucking funny. Oh, yeah, man. And he doesn't even... He's, he doesn't try to be funny, but the stuff he does is funny, if you know what I mean. Sure. Um, this movie is fucking star-studded. Um, yeah. With one big black eye right in the middle of it. <laughs> <laughs> with, um... <laughs> with, with just, like, the, the, the comedians present and just, like, the acting power present, I mean, it it's insane it's a huge it's like not only is it like a monumental like uh uh movie for like black cinema because it's like a huge comedy and it's a fucking superhero movie you know what i mean it's just kind of nuts to me um and i remember watching this movie a lot when i was a kid and i just i i haven't heard about it in years i haven't really even thought about it a lot um and i haven't 
heard I, or seen anything um, lately or or otherwise in the in the past few years. So um, it was cool to to go revisit this because um, this is. I used to watch this a lot when I was a kid, and I had very fond memories of it. And it was really fun to go to go back and uh, revisit. Yeah, I mean, this is the first time I ever even saw this movie. So yeah, same. So let's let's kick this fucker off. Um, <laughs> we uh, we open with this fucking giant meteor going through space. We, we open with with the destruction of Krypton, seemingly. <laughs> <laughs> It's a big chunk of it flying through the air, and like, and then it, like, it's not even like a joke. Like a big giant green piece of like space shit like flies away from me. I'm like, oh, okay, so this is gonna veer off and hit Metropolis, and then we're gonna go focus on whatever's happening here in DC. <laughs> Meteor shit. Meteor shit. TM definitely. Um, and uh, yeah, we see this fucking thing sailing towards Earth, and then we slam cut to Washington DC, and we kick up that fucking MJ, baby. <laughs> Oh, boy. I couldn't believe it. I, I was like, oh, my God, Michael Jackson, that's who you're going to start with? Sure, why not? Right out of the gate, you got my attention. The soundtrack of this movie is very interesting because I kind of, like, like first we get Michael Jackson, and then later in the movie, suddenly Too Legit to Quit fucking starts playing somewhere. I was like, okay, this soundtrack is quite distracting at times. <laughs> in a crack house. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we get introduced to our main character, Jeff Reed, and these fucking, like, I, I don't know what kind of teacher he is. I guess it's implied he's a music teacher because he wears pajamas with music notes on them and his dog's just barking at him. <laughs> oh, my God. He's like he's like the black Stanley Ipkiss, you think? Yeah, kind of. He Yeah, that's actually pretty... That's a good way to put it, Joe. <laughs> Someone stole your pajamas. But he fucking... Yeah, he's a substitute teacher, so he, like, gets out of bed and, and, and does his thing and, and goes to school. Oh, right, substitute teacher, right. Yeah. I mean, you'd be forgiven for forgetting, that like, what kind of teacher he is because at a certain point he's like okay no more teaching shit I'm just, gonna, just gonna right? go yeah be a superhero uh well i guess he's really into music too because then we're introduced to james earl jones oh my god oh boy mr moses my favorite character he's so good dude um the idea of the voice of darth vader trying on different wigs <laughs> Kills me. Yeah, it tickles me so much. <laughs> Coming out of this giant nerd trying on wigs and basically telling our main character like, "I will never surrender my records. I'd rather cut off my hands." Yeah, he's like, he's like, "I'll trade you a fucking uh, what does he say? Like a Billy Holiday for a Duke Ellington." He's like, "Are you fucking crazy?" <laughs> Get out of here, you goofball. Then you hear some woman on the phone, like, I don't know, like, his eyes aren't red from just being in the library. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This poor woman, I think she I think she gets a name, but I, I, I missed it. But we'll get back to her later. Put her on hold. Just put a pin in that one. Sure, sure. And then uh, he heads out and starts going to work. Do we meet Eddie Griffin here? Or... Yes. I think so, because doesn't he have that big, ridiculous fucking machine he's hauling around? Yeah, what What the fuck was that? To gauge the applause of the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's the inner jogmenter dude from fucking Monster in the Closet. Yeah. It looks like some. It looks like a like something that Nigma would create in Batman Forever, like all those just ridiculous doohickeys with like lots of moving parts and <laughs> Like, it prints out sheets of paper. <laughs> Stick this suction cup to your forehead and we suck out your soul. Yeah. Come on down. We'll attach this thing to the audience's head and we'll suck their energy out of them. <laughs> but then we meet this kid, Dre, who becomes important later. And uh, he just, like, literally, like, runs right into fucking Robert Townsend's crotch. And uh, he gives him a fucking comic book. <laughs> and then threatens him. He, like, points at him. He's like, later. For you. I'm going to get you later, Mr. Reed. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... 
he's he wasn't kidding. He does point at him like I'll fucking take you out later on. Like yeah, right. And he's like five. <laughs> <laughs> Like, he sizes him up, he's like, you're dead. Jeff Reed is, like, a super optimistic guy, and he, you know, he's he's one of those dudes who's like, you know, why, 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 what's up with all the violence and the gang violence, and and why is the, the you know, the, the neighborhood all shitty and stuff, and, like, why can't we just, like, help each other and, and get along, what have you, turn the other cheek kind of guy? Yeah. So he walks into the principal's office because she wants to have a meeting with him. And this little kid is sitting in a chair. It's like, okay, picture the like the 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 part in Uncle Buck when he goes in to talk to the principal, but this kid is just beat the fuck up. He's got like a broken arm and like a fucking eye patch and like a crutch. <laughs> this big giant shading grin in his face too. Yeah, and uh, you're like, oh my god, what what happened to this kid? Or, or what's what's this deal? And why is he in trouble? Because Jeff gets in trouble. And the fucking parents come in and, and like, start berating Jeff because they told him, like, because he told the kid, like, not to fight and the bullies instead and just, like, run away. And they're like, what are you, some kind of asshole? Like, he's got to stand up for himself. <laughs> she's, she's like, she's like, a little girl kicked his ass. He was, like, two feet taller, two feet smaller than he was. My son lost all of his survival instincts because of you. Because you, because you, ta- you were talking about art and shit and music. Yeah, they're like, yeah, you told him to run away. He's like, well, no, I said move rapidly. <laughs> Eat his lunch rapidly so he didn't have to... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Be swift <laughs> with haste. Drink drink that milk. Just blend it. Just fucking suck it down. Stick it in your arm like with an IV. Like, get it done quick. Now that motherfucker's eating through a straw, so... Yeah, there you go. Put those chicken nuggets in the milk. Well, then he, he kind of leans over to kind of, like, say sorry, and he touches the kid on the shoulder, and the kid's like, Ah! <laughs> He's like, oh, oh, shit, sorry. <laughs> so, and, and, and just, and that's just kind of like to introduce you to Jeff and like what kind of guy he is and all that kind of shit. And then we fucking hard cut to the neighborhood. And we're kicking it with fucking Dad Reed and Mom Reed and, 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 uh, um, his buddy Michael. Yeah. There's a part where James Earl Jones, they're like all walking across the street and James Earl Jones, like, leans over to somebody. He's like, he's like, he's like, he's like, hey, you down with OPP? Y'all know me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He also has this ridiculous, like, guile from Street Fighter fucking hair going right now. It's like fucking a foot and a half off the top of his head. Dude, he's got a house party flat top. That was the winning wig. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right for the day. It's the best one in the movie. He he tried on four of them, and that was the one that stuck. I love his character because, like, he will go away and just return with different hair entirely without incident. He just keeps... (laughs) Like, a bitch just showing up with new wigs. He's like fucking Frankie from One Piece. He just touches his nose and the hairstyle changes. <laughs> also, with the ridiculous lines right before this when he was at school, Eddie Griffith, Griffin's character says like, Yo, my cousin's bringing her friend. She's kind of fat, but she has a cute face. Which I thought was like, only a line that would pass in the 90s. Oh, dude, totally. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's on the same bar as like, Secret of the Ooze, where he says... I'll dream of something thinner when the girl turns him down. Oh, yeah, when Kino fucking gives it to that chick. Because she's like, I'm not going to go out with a pizza guy. <laughs> or in uh, John Carpenter's Vampires when uh, James Woods goes, hey, you got a little mahogany? <laughs> a little teak? Did you get a little hard? Hey, you gay? You gay? You gay? <laughs> ah, you're fine. Teak. All up in me. Okay. The, uh, this movie is, I was going to say, it's kind of chock full of like, ooh, that didn't age well kind of comedy where it's like, you know, this would not fly nowadays. Some of it. I thought I thought most of it was tame. I mean, we don't get no... Uh, no, same. We don't, we don't get any like, you know, uh, homophobic jokes or anything like that. No. For as serious as this movie gets at times, it's pretty fucking slapsticky. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. For, the mo- for most of the time. Nothing. I, I just totally agree with you. Like, there are some like 
dark ass scenes in this. I'm just like, holy fuck. And then like a beat later, we're laughing about it, you know? Well, because we go to this scene where like you're talking about, Joe, and we have the whole family there. And uh, there's some gangsters at the end of the street led by Don Cheadle. Yeah, sure is. Goldilocks. Yeah, Goldilocks. <laughs> they all have bleach blonde hair. That's their gimmick. These golden boys. The golden lords. These are the funniest looking cronies I've ever fucking laid eyes on. They all. I think you mean coolest looking cronies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. This is the black youth crew. <laughs> Of hardcore right here. Yeah. They look like they look like Warriors Gang castoffs. Like they look <laughs> like they totally belong in that universe. I fucking love these guys. Um <laughs> they, and they're fucking sharp dressers too, man. Yeah. They wear all black, they got the golden hair. Also, just real quick, uh, come on guys. It's it's done you know, we, we all know what happens to, to Goldilocks, right? He becomes war machine. Yeah. It works out for him. <laughs> uh, I also wanted to point out that the villain in Black Lightning is a bleach blonde albino black man. <laughs> really? <laughs> of course it is. Oh, man. Does he have a mustache? Uh, no, he has a beard. Um, his name is Tobias Whale. He's fucking awesome. He shoots him with a harpoon. Flip the script. They're at the end of the corner, and uh, Papa... Papa Reeds is like, I'm not crossing the street. I'm, I'm just going. They're like, ah, Dad, this, this could go bad. And he's like, fuck it, I'm going. And he marches up and he knocks this crack vial out of the guy's hand. And Don Cheadle's like, well, you're, you're lucky, old man, that didn't break. And the fucking guy steps on the crack vial. You remember how Uncle Ben was like, hey, you don't want <laughs> to do this. This motherfucker's asking for it. <laughs> depends on now. Hold on. Depends on what Uncle Ben you're talking about. Uncle Ben in Tobey Maguire movies was like, hey, I'm going to do the right thing. Uncle Ben in The Amazing Spider-Man was like, that guy's got a gun. I should fight him. <laughs> Also, just a little detail in that scene, even in the 90s, dads wore New Balance 990s <laughs> to step on shit. So Yeah, step on that crack. Or is, is dad uh, also Eli Vance from Half-Life 2? Ooh, I didn't make that connection, but now that you say it, I can kind of see it. Yeah, every time you, sometimes when he spoke, I was like... Doctor Vance, like he's in a bunch of stuff, and I and I forgot to to look up his. his there, I mean, there's so many fucking people in this. I couldn't like keep up. I would have had to pause. I and again, I had like technical difficulties. So, um, but his, uh, Robert uh, Guyame, is that how you say his last name? I assume so. He's in a bunch of shit. I mean, I've seen him everywhere. I know his voice very distinctly, so he he kind of jumped out at me right away. Probably his most notable role for me was him playing Rafiki in The Lion King. He voiced that guy. Ah, okay. Well, there you go. Oh, shit. There you go, see? Sound to sound a squash banana, dude. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then Jeff, he, uh, I forget how this is set up, but he's hustling to his car. Oh, he oversleeps or something. And uh, his fucking car doesn't start, and he's like, oh, man. So then uh, Slam cut to, like, this fucking community fucking town hall meeting. Yeah, oh, yeah, his car's, like, out of gas or some shit. He's like, I gotta ask my parents for $10. Let me go meet him at this fucking town hall meeting. <laughs> his dad's like, your brother doesn't ask us for shit. What, do you, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> He's like, you should be coming to some of these meetings. Like, James Earl Jones is in the fucking audience, like, you know, going, yeah, yeah, we gotta stop these uh, criminals. His fucking flat top has gone limp. It's, like, going to the side. <laughs> <laughs> See? New hair! <laughs> it's like Edward Scissorhands took a fucking part of it out. Oh, yeah, maybe. He, he sits down in that chair, he makes a fucking poodle out of it or something. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, we, so we're in this community uh, meeting, this community meeting, and they're basically just like, the Golden Lords are taking over our fucking town. Like, what are we going to do? Like, we got to do something about it. 
And they're all like gung ho at first, like, yeah, we gotta take a stand or whatever. We can't let these punks push us around. This part was fucking hilarious because this woman goes, yeah, we're gonna hand all these hats out to everyone so everyone <laughs> in the town knows that uh, we're part of the community uh, outreach. They're like these orange hats. Yeah. And James Earl Jones is like, I will not be caught dead wearing an orange hat. It's like putting a target on my fucking back. <laughs> He's like, you want me to what? Wear an orange hat and blow a fucking whistle when I see one of these guys? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna shoot him dead he was like they're gonna take that whistle and shove it up my butt <laughs> stick it down that hershey highway oh man take a walk right down it that's a phrase i both love and hate that i know yeah so so he's like okay great thanks mom for the 10 bucks i see because i'm only a substitute teacher not a full-fledged teacher <laughs> so he leaves and like <laughs> His fucking car windows are blown out, and they st- they stole his fucking radio and his subwoofers. And his bass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his bass. He's all, like, bummed out about this, but he takes the time to reach down and pick up a bottle and, like, an empty gallon of milk and, like, pick them up and yeah. put them in the recycling bin. Oh, that's right. He's got to clean up the community, dude. Was the big Lebowski hanging out around there making white Russians and just left the fucking mess? <laughs> Daniel Baldwin's around the corner, dude. Yeah, he left the bottle there. What cracked me up was he had, he had no uh, concern to call Eddie Grin- Griffin and be like, hey, I'm not making the show. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> he, was just like, just he was like, well, my night's over. Fuck it. Good night. <laughs> well, then he hears a uh, a woman in an alley being attacked, and he and he goes to run over to help him, and it's fucking Dre and this kid Squirrel, like, robbing this woman. Yeah, these... We're, we're, okay, when we say kids, we don't mean, like teenagers we mean like (laughs) kids eight-year-olds six-year-olds they are so little that the way this is filmed makes it look like they're extremely tiny 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 people because because they're wearing oversized clothes too yeah they're they're dressed like (laughs) crisscross yes it's also the fact that like they're 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 lit in like this weird kind of alley with like everything around them is completely dark and there's just like a spotlight on them it makes it look like they're standing in a model they look like they're actually tiny like there's fucking pearls all over the ground yeah (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> Bruce, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne sobbing in the corner. Well, then all these fucking Blade wannabes walk in. These Matrix-looking motherfuckers. Oh man, the whole crew of Golden Boys. Dude, what him as a tiger? Yeah, you know who that is? Mike Tyson. It's Tommy fucking Lister, dude. Yes, it is. <laughs> he fucking walks out. He trots the fuck out with a tiger on a leash. Is is this what put him on the boat in the Dark Knight? <laughs> <laughs> dude, it maybe. <laughs> I think the more concerning part, this whole shot where they show the Gordon Lords for the first time, yeah. is I want to know the origin story of the guy with the weave. Yeah. Like, did he just refuse to bleach his hair? He was like, no, I'm wearing a weave. Because <laughs> everyone bleached their hair but him. Remember those things in the Matrix 2 with the fucking dreadlocks? That's what that's what I'm seeing here. <laughs> yeah. Well, there is another dude later with, like, a big ass thing of dreadlocks and he's got fucking his is bleached out oh maybe that's what i'm thinking of so yeah we're introduced to all the golden lords and you got fucking uh roy fagan as as simon kane you got big daddy kane as pirate (laughs) you got tommy lister as digit uh don Cheadle as um as goldilocks and i forgot the other guy's name but whatever there's a lot of rappers in this that, like, don't say anything, or, like, singers that don't say anything. They just kind of on screen. Also, like, what are these guys, like, they start chasing Jeff around, basically, and uh, they're, like, shouting something. What the fuck are they saying? Lords! 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 Oh. 
the golden fucking lords. Yeah, because they have the baby lords and the junior lords. Geriatric lords. Yeah, they have, there, there's grades. I love it. It's like you have, like, you know, elementary school lords, then you have, like, middle school lords, then you have, like, high school lords. Yeah. They're kind of like Sea Org. It's kind of. You got geriatric lords, and Granny's just like, what, what are you talking about? I'm, what are you... I wasn't in any gangs. No, she's just a brothel owner. She doesn't get in, into any of that kind of business. This is true. I love how they have, like, different sects, too, right? There's, like, the Matrix corner. Then there's, like, the suit, the suited guys. Then there's, like, the biker versions with, like, leather jackets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's, like, there's the group that's, like, got the jackets on, like, the fucking Moonrunners from the Warriors. Then you have, like, the other ones look like the Gramercy Riffs. Like, yeah. You got fucking, we, they even have their own breakdancing sect. Yes. Of Golden Lords that we find out. Amazing. I also love their entrance because, like, it, it's it's almost implied that they're all standing in line in the shadows waiting for something to happen so they can just step <laughs> forward with their guns drawn. Well, <laughs> yeah. The, the whole thing is, like, they're initiating these two little boys robbing this woman. Right. And then and then Simon's basically like, go, all right, you all want to get into the Golden Lords? Go chase that motherfucker. Simon, by the way. Can we talk about this guy for a second? <sighs> <laughs> this is like the most ineffective boss in a in a movie in a while until like the last ten minutes, and then all of a sudden he's fucking super competent. I don't know. He kind of he, he's one of those dudes that like plays it cool for most of the time, right? Sure, it's mostly Don Cheadle like for most of the film. Yeah, he's like his henchman. But uh, yeah, they chase Jeff around uh, Robert Townsend, and he fucking dives in the movie dumpster to hide. <laughs> he sure does. See, we saved his ass. Yeah, he pushes you know House of the Dead out of the way and fucking. You know, all the bad movies. Lands face first into Pluto Nash. Yeah. Ex- oh, God. He <laughs> might be dead if he goes that deep. <laughs> oh, no. Boiled alive in the acid. He sees a dumpster full of Pluto Nashes and then ch- opts to jump into a second dumpster. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure this film did better than Pluto Nash. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I, I hope so. Um, because then uh, Squirrel, I think it is, yeah. actually catches him in the dumpster and they're like, anything in there, Squirrel? He's like... Nah. Nothing. And then he fucking walks away. On a sidebar, I think it did do probably equal or worse to Pluto Nash. Uh, uh, see, that's sad, dude. You guys want to take a guess how how big its budget was? Because I looked I looked this up too. Um, oh, I'm looking right I'm looking right at it actually. I didn't I it was right there in front of me. That's depressing. <laughs> uh two point five mil? Close. Three million? Thirty million. Thirty million. Yeah, guess how much the box office brought. Oh jeez. Do I wanna know? Eight. How much? Eight million. Oh no. Oh, I was I said eight. Wow. You did say eight. What a thing to be right about. <laughs> uh, that is that's a goddamn shame, dude. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't deserve this. I guess you have to really start to crunch numbers, but like I think because Nash's budget was so overblown by the end of it, and then it, I think its box office take was so dismal in comparison. Sure. That it might be considered a bigger bomb, but like that's still depressing to hear that. Yeah, because this is actually a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Fucking A. At no point did I feel like my soul was being crushed between two plates of you know stone or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Between two Pluto Nashes. Uh. <laughs> two giant boxes. <laughs> two giant DVD cases. Well, no. Remember, there was the clone. I mean, between two Eddie Murphys, you know? Uh. I don't want any part of that sandwich. You can fucking keep it. So then uh, he, he gets out of the dumpster and he starts fucking, you know, going home, essentially. And then uh, this fucking meteor. D- this this uh, flaming wrecking ball. Oh, my God. This fucking thing comes fl- zooming out of space. And chases him down an alley. <laughs> it tracks his ass down. Um, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna. P- I picked you, motherfucker." And he like, 
I, like I forgot how visceral this was. Dude, he's like up against he's up against the fucking wall. This thing cr- crashes into his chest, and he's just like burning all. He looks like fucking Spawn being born. Yeah, <laughs> he. This is considerably graphic for how like lighthearted the movie is because like sure this thing hits him and like you think like they would just cut away and then he wake up in the hospital and now we get like a really drawn out shot of this meteor forcing its way <laughs> into his chest as he's covered in third degree burns and just like ah, screaming ah, and writhing it's like a t2 or fucking total recall level effect yeah <laughs> It's gross looking. All the while, Bill Cosby's watching in the shadows, man. Oh, my. (laughs) Bill fucking. Bill Cosby's in this movie, by the way. If you didn't see it on the MD guide, here's your fucking uh, warning. Yeah. We got gang violence and Bill Cosby in this film. And sadly, I think he uh, still has the powers he received in this film to this day. (laughs) He can still talk to dogs? Well, uh, should we just talk about it now since he's getting his powers? Might as well talk about Bill Cosby's powers. Sure, we could talk about it now because he's going to be lingering in the background for the rest of the movie. Sure, because he walks up and you don't see who it is in this particular scene. But this meteor, there's a small chunk that broke off. And Bill fucking Cosby, who plays like a mute uh, homeless guy. Well, he's not mute. Picks it up and sticks it in a coffee can and gets very similar powers including telekinesis that I just can only assume he used later in life to roofie women. <laughs> oh, no! Uh, you know, telekinetically dropping them in their, in their drinks. Oh, my goodness. Um, So, yeah, uh, Bill Cosby. What the hell is that movie where, like, um, they, they have, like, the shoe pop... Oh, Pippi Longstocking. That's what it's like. <laughs> yes. When he... When they... I don't know why it made me think of it, though, but, like, when she puts that shoe polish shit on her shoes and walks down the fucking uh, orphanage wall. Yes. I don't know why it reminded me of that, but, like, it's just something about the can and the fucking thing in the can. I don't know. Well, then they, they take Jeff to the hospital, and uh, they uh, they take him into surgery, and they're like, oh, man, this guy's got third-degree burns on him. And then, like, they watch as part of his wound just heals. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> they're like, I don't, we're like, oh, he's burned to shit. And they're like, what's wrong with him? Oh, I don't know. What's that giant green thing sinking into his arm and then disappearing? <laughs> eh, I don't know. Question mark. Meteor shit. Meteor shit. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, so they, they, they bandage him up and they put him in the bed. They mummify this motherfucker. Oh, yeah, he's wrapped up, man. He, he, he's fucking f- head to toe bandaged. He is bandaged better than fucking Two-Face was in Dark Knight. It's true. <laughs> Eddie Griffin comes in to fucking pay his respects or whatever, and he's like, he's like, oh, my best friend. He's all fucked up. This guy... <laughs> Will fuck anything that moves. Yeah. All right. The, the 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 fucking nurse comes. The nurse comes in and she's smoking hot and she's just like she's like taking care of, taking care of Jeff and he's like oh I'm, I'm so sorry Jeff and he like walks off screen and then the nurse walks in and then he comes back on screen and he's like he's like yeah I really need somebody to talk to since my friend's all fucked up. You want to go out to dinner later or something? And she's like, how about you go fuck yourself? Visiting hours are over. I mean, I think every one of us though knows a guy like that. So. Very relatable character. I guess it's the next morning. They have this army of doctors that walk down the hallway to his room and they fucking surround his bed. <laughs> because they're like doing a blood test and the guy, this dude's like, oh my God, really, his blood. But they don't tell you what's wrong. They they show both x-rays on screen and I paused it and I could not decipher the difference between the initial x-ray and the current x-ray. And then they just like immediately, they just say the line and then they cut to the blood and then they cut to, this is Jefferson Reed blood. Jefferson Reed blood? Jefferson Reed blood, and then there's a fucking storm of doctors and surgeons yeah. <laughs> going down to the OR. They don't tell you why, though. And, like, 
and like I guess his like lungs healed or whatever, and like his blood is what radioactive. They don't say. Well, cause like <laughs> the suckling, we didn't have an intern and a doctor to break it down for us. Mm-mm. So they get to uh, Jeff's room, and they're like, "Jeff, oh my god, we got to see what's wrong with this fucking guy. He, there's problems, but we're not letting you know what we're thinking." And they're like, "Take the bandages off, quick!" They take the bandages off, and everybody's like, "Oh my god!" And he's like, "What? What?" And he's, you know, "Give me a you know, mirror." <laughs> And he fucking looks at himself. <laughs> also, before they do that, they're waking him up by like shaking him profusely, which is like <laughs> this burnt man. No, no nurse should ever do. <laughs> dude, dude, there is so much medical etiquette that bothered me in this sequence. Okay, one, like they're they're waking up a man with third degree burns by just like assaulting him, touching him all over. Two, they're like take those bandages off, and this woman does one cut, and this thing just comes off like a sock. I'm like, well, who put that on? Because it wasn't doing shit. Whoever was taking care of Tom Everett Scott. And fucking American Wealth in uh, Paris. Yeah, they get around. And, yeah. Anyway, he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him. He's like, I look fine. And they're like, yeah, but last night you had third degree fucking burns on your face, buddy. And uh, somebody just happens to be, I, I think one of the um, the residents like happens to fucking have like a textbook on them or some shit. And he like touches it. And this is the first instance we get of him like being able to absorb the book for like 30 seconds. He's like Johnny Fives for 30 seconds. <laughs> But not really 30 seconds, because Dave clocked the motherfucker. Yeah, for the f- the first time he gets it, it's for 52 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> well, he, because the whole thing is he's like, this doctor's telling him, oh, this is impossible, this doesn't make sense. And then he touches the book, and he's like, actually, according to page 15, line 2, uh, paragraph 3. The Stromberg theory says that stress can heal some burns, but not third degrees. And he's like, he's like, how did you know that? And then the the person with the book turns to the page and is like, he's absolutely right. <laughs> and then everybody's like, holy shit, he knows more than the fucking doc does. And then he's like, yeah, well, what does chapter four say? And then he's like, oh, it, uh, what was I saying again? I don't know. I'm not a psychic. Get out of here. <laughs> You're fine. Get out of here. They literally, like, they're just like, all right, you can stay over one more night, and then you can go home. Yeah, they act like he's, a, like, some kind of burden. Like, all right, you can stay here one more night. They get the fuck out of here. <laughs> like, man who was struck by space rock. But we never follow up on the blood or anything. Like, everybody was so concerned with it. And they're just like, yeah, let him go. He would be a medical wonder. Yeah. Okay? Like, it, like yeah. <laughs> He'd be in a lab being fucking picked apart. I, I think what happened was he uh, hurt the main doctor's pride. So he was just like, get him out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably. He was like, I don't care anymore. Does he have insurance? No. Get him the fuck out of here. <laughs> God, you just you think about that. Robert Townsend, he's in ho- in the hospital for a few days, and now he has crippling fucking debt for the rest of his life. Yeah, dude. What? Who's? What's that corporation that that does the testing on? Um, I know we're crossing over uni- uh, uh, you know, properties, but uh, in DC that does the lantern stuff. Star Labs. Yeah, Star Labs. They're like, okay, we get, we're taking the fucking media man's blood because we're not sure if Marvel's gonna keep him or what. So uh, yeah, star- <laughs> they show up. They're like, where is he? They're like, where's who? The guy who got hit by the meteor. We let him go. What do you mean you let him go? <laughs> What do you mean? Also, by the way, when he tells people about getting superpowers, they're like, figure out, oh, a meteor hit you? Oh, okay. Like, they don't question that at all. Like, what do you mean a fucking meteor hit you? Well, well, the, the dad did. The dad was like, 
you taking steroids? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, real quick, we just missed it though. But uh, Lawanda Page is back in action in this, dude. Yes, she's she's the nurse. Um, yeah, because he calls the nurse, hoping to be that other one from earlier that Eddie Griffin was hitting on, and it's fucking Lawanda Page. Yeah, she's like, oh, who the fuck were you expecting? She fucking killed me because like he's he got his like X-ray powers on display, and like he he tries to call in like the hot nurse, and she comes in anywhere, and he's like, oh no, he's she's like, what the hell you mean? Oh no, I'm good enough nurse. I'm good enough. <laughs> just fucking screaming at him. It's fucking awesome. Like, and then and then it crossfades, and she's screaming at him again whilst loading him from a wheelchair into a car as if she never stopped. Dude, <laughs> she transitions to asking him out and giving him her, yeah. him her number, and she's like, yeah, I have one of these nighties that's all see-through. She's like, I got champagne in my house. The bubbly kind, here's my number. <laughs> yeah, right before that, we, we were first exposed to his x-ray powers, and he, like, looks out the window and, like, sees a, everybody just in their fucking drawers. And he sees some fucking orderly spill a bedpan all over the place in somebody's room. <laughs> also, the the weirdest undergarments for the 90s I've ever seen. Yeah. They're, 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 yeah, they're, they're, uh, <laughs> there's, like, slips and fucking full frilly panties and shit. It looks like he's looking in at an eyes wide shut party. Like, everyone's <laughs> in really bizarre underwear. Uh, the cop has, like, underwear from, like, the 20s on, like, one of those bathing suits. Yeah. He's got, like, a singlet on. Yeah, yeah. Do you think this was, like, his attempt at keeping it a PG-13 film? I think it, I mean, I think it's a funny gag. Sure, yeah. It's supposed to be, like, mixing, like, that, that 50s kind of superhero thing with now kind or with you know in the 90s rather no yeah i see what you're saying i also like how his x-ray vision comes in certain like like levels like he can look through walls and has that green filter but then when he just wants to look through clothing they're just it's just gone like there's no filter (laughs) there's nothing he just perceives everyone is walking around their underwear yeah and like the the next thing he immediately does is connor already said but it's just like yeah call the hot nurse in let's do let's do this i mean i would not want to be the one that would have to rotoscope that Speaking of rotoscoping, we got ILM doing the fucking effects in this movie, all the visual effects. Really? Yeah. They're pretty good. Dude, they were on top for a long time. I mean, they still kind of are, sort of. I mean, but they were like juggernaut shit in the 90s. For sure. Uh, I would say the effects in this movie are, are, I would say, mostly pretty good. I think they're all good. I don't have a problem with them at all. Even the green screen flying stuff is fine. Yeah. Then we go to... um... A scene that might be reminiscent to anyone that ever saw It's Coming Up Again Already, The Dark Knight. Um, <laughs> yeah. We have this, like, gangster meeting in the back of a kitchen, and the fucking Joker comes in with a pencil. <laughs> Everybody's drinking fucking milk, apparently. They're talking to somebody in a TV or some shit. <laughs> but uh, the fucking Riddler... Frank Gorshin, baby, is on the phone with uh, our, our the main bad guy, Simon, from, uh, from the Golden Lords, but Frank Gorshin's actually the main bad guy of this. Um... I fucking love Frank Gorshin so much. Oh, he's great in this. Yeah. Not only is he the is he the fucking Riddler from the the 66 Batman series or the 60s Batman series rather. Um but uh he's also in one of my favorite episodes of Monsters, uh Parents from Space. And I don't know, man, like I just he's he's so into whatever he's doing, right? No matter how silly it is, like he's just all about it, and I, I, I love him for that. I was gonna say he's operating like in he's in like what three scenes in this movie, like yeah. maybe, and he's constantly at like like we need you at like a ten. He's like, I'm giving you a seventy. <laughs> he steals each one, dude. <laughs> <laughs> just starts yelling at people. He's got this fucking mustache on him. He looks like Stan Lee. You think that was on purpose? <laughs> I mean, maybe. <laughs> oh, I didn't even really realize that. That's good. Yeah. He looks like Stan Lee and Ross Perot got, like, squished together. Like, 
<laughs> but he's got the glasses and like the slick back hair and the fucking mustache. Yeah. And this is the first time we see like all these kids now that have the bleach blonde hair and the fucking suits uh, are all lined up also here. Yeah, the fucking baby lords come in with their lunch boxes. Yeah, Simon's like, <laughs> we're about to have lunch. And these fucking little kids come in with lunch boxes full of fucking cash. Fucking hilarious. Where the fuck are they taking those from? <laughs> Michael Berryman comes in and he's like, can I uh, inspect one of those? <laughs> They might have something I'm looking for. I'm going to get a real big slapping if I don't come back with a very specific lunchbox. How did that get in there? <laughs> David Gale is going to beat the holy fuck out of me. <laughs> yeah, on the other side of town, it's fucking, you know, the Zoa Lord is like fucking uh, David Gale's like sitting there like doing his own like crime bad shit. Like yeah. bringing aliens into the fucking on Earth. <laughs> yeah, you go to this town where a bunch of bleach blonde gangsters have may have some lunchboxes. Go do some searching. <laughs> well, then we go back to fucking Jeff in his apartment, and now he can understand what his dog is saying. Because he goes to give him his fucking, like, food out of the cabinet, and he just hears the dog going, The red can! I want yeah. the red can! <laughs> I'm hungry. Hurry up, Jeff. But he perceives that, like, the dog barks, and, like, under the barking, you hear, like, almost like a Bonzi buddy AI voice where he's like, Jeff! Jeff, I need the red can. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like That's... it sounds like he's got like a like a like some kind of voice modulator like around his throat interpreting his barks. Yeah. And uh, he he barks right back too. <laughs> <laughs> that really caught me off guard. I was yeah. not expecting that. Because Mike comes in and he's like, I got your mail, I got your nudie mags, I got your fucking your subscription to Sports Illustrated, here you go. And he's like he's like he's like, Mike, listen, I got superpowers. I was hit by a fucking <laughs> meteor and he's like, No, you don't. And he's like, no, I can talk to dogs. <laughs> he's like, say hi, Ellington. And the dog just barks at him. And Mike's like, great, you and the dog barking together? That's that's crazy. Good for you. I like how he's like, look, I have superpowers. And then of the 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 pile of abilities he has, he's like, let me go with the two most mundane ones I can think of. I won't pick up my table and crack it in half. I won't bench press the fucking car. No. I'll tell you that I can talk to animals and read books by touching them. Or shoot a fucking laser into something with my eyes. Yeah. Well, he does hand him that, like, People magazine, and he's like, all right, uh, tell me what's on this page. He basically does the same thing that happened earlier, and then... He believes him now because he's like, well, you, you didn't read this yet. Okay, yeah, sure, you have superpowers. They both assess that it's 30 seconds, and this time it was 39 seconds. <laughs> Just <laughs> to keep that going. Um, so we're, you know, it depends what book it is, how big it is, I guess. Because, like, we're going from 39 seconds to about a minute. Well, they always say 30. They don't ever deviate from 30. No. No, I'm just saying, like, in reality. Sure, sure. And Eddie Griffin mentions it every time it happens. When, when, when he when he touched the book this time, it was like he just kind of knew what the page looked like as opposed to what was actually on the page. Right. He didn't read it. He was like, a married couple. Oh, she's wearing a black see-through. There was no like text for that part. Yeah, th yeah. This was like this was like remote viewing. Whereas before he was like chapter four, line seven. <laughs> <laughs> she's got big boobs. She's she's smoking hot. And then we just cut to like these people in an apartment, and they're in their <laughs> underwear. And it pulls out, and like Bill Cosby is like squatting in the basement of this apartment complex <laughs> and he's like with all these dogs yeah there's like four or five dogs in there 
Um, and he's like x-raying through the floor and he's like flipping, he's like watching TV, like kicking it with like a cup of tea or some shit. Yeah, their TV and they're like, what's going on with the TV? The channels keep changing. And then they're like arguing like, you asshole, it's your fault. And he's like, I, how is it my fault? It's like them goddamn kids with the Vintendos or whatever the fuck he calls them. He's a, he said Hindindus. Hindindus. <laughs> I, I think it's the same, it's the same comedian that's in Don't Be a Menace who's at like the fast food window. When they're talking about Dashiki, and he's like, man, everybody's up with Dashiki, and she's like, oh, she's pregnant. <laughs> and the guy's, like, in the background, and he's like, he's like, but it ain't, it ain't, I think it's mine. And he's like, oh, yes, thank God. But again, Bill Cosby and Robert Townsend have fucking superpowers, and they're fucking around with TVs and talking <laughs> to dogs. What are, what are you doing? <laughs> it's it's like super it's like superheroism as seen through a Doctor Doolittle lens. Where like the first thing yeah. you do is just whimsical bullshit. Yeah, because like Bill Cosby's just like a fucking vagabond who roams the land and just like takes what he needs. Sure, <laughs> and and a little free cable, and he gets superpowers, and he's like, well, might as well upgrade my creature comforts. <laughs> Basically. Yeah. Food, dogs, women, whatever he can get his hands on. They presented like Jefferson Reed's character as like ballless from the start. So yeah. it would only make sense that he wouldn't be doing anything, you know, aggressive with those powers. Oh, yeah. He's a coward. Oh, dude. For most of this movie, he's a coward. Like even when he gets his powers. Because his parents, they're, they're like, yeah, you got to go save people. You got to stop crime in the city. You got you to gotta destroy the Crips and the Bloods. He's like, ah. Uh... I don't think so, Dad. <laughs> I mean, I mean, let's be honest, though. They're better parents than the Kents for Man of Steel who are like, let the bus full of kids die. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Golden Lords pay it forward to uh, Reed's dad um, for stepping on their crack vial. And they beat the shit out of him. And Simon has a slinky? That's his entrance. That's his signature entrance. He, he, he yeah. likes to slinky his way into, like, his sister rocks it back and forth as he walks into frame. The only other thing that I think of when I see a slinky is fucking Egon in Ghostbusters 2 when he's just droning on about it. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, we had half a slinky. I straightened it. Yeah. Uh, I went to Ace Ventura when Nature Calls when he... Yes. I was just going to say that. Isn't this incredible? It's going to be some kind of a record. Real quick aside, uh, just I want to get the room's opinion on this. Me and Joe were talking about this recently because I, I rewatched Ace Ventura, which still I think holds up overall. There's a few things towards the end, maybe not so much. But uh, I would argue that the second one is the superior film. What do you guys think? Um, I really enjoy Ace Ventura when nature calls because it's just... Like, the first movie is a good, zany comedy. The second one is completely out of its fucking mind. Yeah. <laughs> I love the second movie. It pulls out all the stops and goes full slapstick, like, even more so. If you don't laugh at Jim Carrey squeezing his way out of a latex rhinoceros' ass. <laughs> <laughs> Every time, man. While a bunch of couples sit there and goes, oh, it's giving birth. Like, you don't have a soul. That shit still breaks me in half. Oh, I need that picture in my bathroom, like when he's coming out of the asshole. Especially the sound, like the sound he makes. He's like, oh, 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 oh. Yeah. oh it's so fucking good. <laughs> it's kind of hot in these rhinos. Then uh, we go to Wallace Shawn in his one fucking scene talking about some kid who slashed his tires and they need to expel <laughs> the kid. Yeah, it's inconceivable, man. <laughs> And then he said, "You have money for gas." <laughs> I like, I god damn it! Like my 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 fucking red Corvette's tires was 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 slashed. That's kind of sounded like Roger Rabbit. Never mind. He's <laughs> <laughs> like Eddie. My Lamborghini's tires were slashed. Please, Eddie. His fucking tires are slashed and shit, and, like, because he keeps, like, expelling this one kid, and it's like, hey, maybe just leave that fucking kid alone and your car won't get fucked up. Yeah, stop fucking with him. Uh, this sequence has 
one of the biggest laughs I got from this movie. Um, because after he does his big old speech, like, Jefferson kind of decides he's gonna stand up and also speechify, but while staying, like, people are in the building getting distracted. Yeah, these scumbag kids, like, breaking into lockers and, like, doing, like, bad shit. Yeah, fucking troublemakers. Yeah, it's Dre and Squirrel, man. Oh, yeah, it is, yeah. But then it pans over to the red Lamborghini, and, like, first someone's slashing the tires, and Jefferson's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, that's distracting. But then it cuts back, and this kid walks back with a fucking sledgehammer and just starts breaking his window. <laughs> it's the kid that Wallace Shaw was complaining about. <laughs> yeah. And he fucking Jeff goes, you're going to need a bus pass. <laughs> and then you just hear in the background for, like, the next 10 seconds, the car just getting walloped in the background as they continue talking. <laughs> and then there's, like, the uh, we have this weird, like, love interest that really doesn't go anywhere because of Sinbad. <laughs> The best, the best character in the movie. She gets Joe Estevez harder than anyone I've seen recently. Like she just like fucking gets a ticket and is told to fucking leave. Listen, we kind of glossed over uh, inducting a bunch of people into the MDU, but Sinbad, welcome to the M fucking DU. Yes, welcome, man. It is so good to see Sinbad again because like he just. I think a lot of people assumed he disappeared. I think some people have assumed he died. Um, no, he, he was just in AC before the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he has a stand-up special from, like, oh, it the, is... the mid-2000s or something like that. That's, like, basically... It's one of the funniest fucking things ever. It is. It's old Sinbad, and it's fan-fucking-tastic. I think it's called, like, <laughs> I'm Still Here or something along those lines. Yes. That whole <laughs> bit when he's talking about walking around naked with his wife. <laughs> to freak out his kids it's so good i love simbad i don't think he's ever done something i've absolutely hated no but he did go full golden lord man because he bleached that whole fucking shit didn't he oh yeah he did at one point didn't he i think he did <laughs> like not too long ago but does he come in here or is that later on no he comes in later but i just wanted to i just was making a joke um but yeah we're introduced to this character that doesn't mean anything but anyway she helps jeff and like stands up for him and she's like yeah the kids we gotta you know do it for the kids because you know we're the only people that could really make a difference in their lives because their parents suck yeah I think her point was just to show that he was still dickless, like, regardless of superpowers, like, they were just really driving that in, and he had, yeah. he was no spine. So they're bringing, they're bringing Papa Reed home from the fucking, from the hospital, because the Golden Lords had, like, fucked him up bad, and, like, as they're wheeling him down the street, like, to go back in the house, the fucking Golden Lords roll up, like, Don Cheadle and his, like, gang, and Don Cheadle gets out of the car and is like, hey, old man, you fucking out of the hospital pretty pretty quick, huh? And he, like, goes to touch him and and uh, Jeff, like, grabs his hand. And then <laughs> Don Cheadle just walks away and has the other two guys, like, run up on him and go to beat his ass. And he, like, punches them across the street. He just launches them both. Dude, he breaks the one guy's fucking arm. Yeah, well, well fucking Tiny Lister comes up and punches him and breaks his fucking hand by punching <laughs> him in the stomach. <laughs> well, okay, I, the sound that is, that comes afterwards and then his uh full arm cast later on would lead me to believe that he shattered every fucking bone in his arm <laughs> right <laughs> um also if somebody punches two men across the street i'm not going after him game over game Leave. over all right well see you later <laughs> that's a wrap time to go home yeah see ya uh but no they make mo someone tries to run him over and he stops with his hands and then they show his his fucking hands made a dent uh in the hood <laughs> and then he goes yeah you always gotta wear your seatbelt safety first yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> they fly out of the front fucking window. And then, like, the whole neighborhood sees this, and they're all, like, surrounding him. They're like, yeah, yeah, Jeff, yeah, you have superpowers. This is awesome. Yeah, his mom and dad are like, the whole fucking neighborhood saw it. He's like, don't tell anybody, okay? <laughs> He's like, what do you mean? Everybody had their windows open watching the whole time. A whole nother night passes. He, like, wakes up to go to school. 
like go to his job or he like oh my god this is when he oversleeps the first time right yep and he fucking comes downstairs and he's like going to his car and like i totally forgot this scene was in this movie but uh the golden lords fucking do a drive-by and don Cheeto like pops out of a fucking sunroof and another <laughs> dude has a machine gun and they <laughs> shoot the shit out of him this in a if you cut this out and just played it in front of someone as like in a vacuum is fucking horrific they shoot him like 300 <laughs> times and he's just he is full-on like willem dafoe like just like doing the whole like getting like riddled with bullets squib thingamajig he's just fucking writhing over the place and he hits the ground and they drive off like yeah fucking dead it's all in slow-mo there's nine thousand squibs going off he is getting sunny uh with, wow i am yeah from the godfather i was thinking the same thing connor yes <laughs> <laughs> Except he, he uh, you know, Sonny didn't come back from that. Jeff, he no. just basically stands up, and these guys are driving away so fucking slow, they see him in the rear view getting up. They're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> they back up down the street, like, shooting after him backwards? <laughs> and they're laughing, like, yeah, run, motherfucker. I'm like, wait a second. Like, you just shot the shit out of this guy, and you're, you know what I mean? Like, we, we just unloaded an entire ordinance on this guy, and he just stood up. Yeah. And then you learn the other two characters that are with Don Cheadle's names, Uzi and Mario. Yeah, Mario. <laughs> is Uzi's the guy with the two fuck. he's got, like, the Koopa haircut, right? He looks like he belongs in Koopa City 1. <laughs> yeah, he looks like the third road warrior. Yeah. He's the, he's the third fucking Koopa cousin. Then, then Jeff starts, like, kind of flying, almost, and grabs onto a light post. He's running so fast that he lifts off the ground and catches a light post, and they're like... And that's what freaks them out. Not, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> not taking 900 rounds to the chest, but, like, he jumped real high, and they're like, oh, fuck, we gotta leave. John Cheadle's like, did you, did you see that? Okay, Mario, home, Mario, let, let's go. Let's go home. <laughs> You're never gonna believe this. Um, yeah, fucking Don Cheadle kicks down the fucking Golden Lord's door. Uh, so Jeff's on a fucking lamppost, and he and he fucking McFlies into the fucking. Uh, oh my god, this neighbor who's getting changed. <laughs> He fucking George McFly's this this neighbor that's getting changed because she's like in her fucking I don't know what her fifties lingerie again lingerie not even underwear like lingerie and then the boyfriend comes in this big like football player looking guy he's like I fucking knew you were trying to get my girl he's like I'm gonna kill you he's like oh no I didn't mean it this guy's huge he's like you goddamn pervert so then Robert Townsend drops from the fucking uh, lamppost as it's like kind of breaking under <laughs> his weight and this guy he drops like a fucking megaton bomb on this fucking neighborhood. <laughs> He causes a natural disaster in this small Washington... A 3.4 yeah. fucking earthquake! <laughs> There's a huge crack in the road! But didn't indent the pavement. Didn't indent the pavement, <laughs> but creates a crack in the streets that not only do we never see again, but affects... A fizzer! Yeah, a f <laughs> The earth opens up, and they're like, hell of a thing. Yeah! Hell of a crack. It's the first earthquake recorded in Washington, D.C. It's amazing. He's like, I didn't feel it. And I was like... <laughs> yeah, and then in New Jersey, a fucking lawn chair falls over. We will rebuild. Yeah, so then he comes home, and his dad's like, oh, we got something for you. We got plans. <laughs> and brings him upstairs to his, to, their, to his parents' bedroom. And his mom has, like, the most bedazzled, like, true religion outfit I've ever seen for a fucking superhero. <laughs> 
It looks like Siegfried and Roy's special. She is so excited about this idea that they're going to make him a superhero, and he could care fucking less. He just wants to live his life. The mom was like, finally, my baby's doing something. And you know the dad was just like, Jackson 5 and that shit. He's like, I'm going to make money off of this. We are going to (laughs) merchandise, merchandise, merchandise. Is this this when the dad is like, like, you gotta do something, you gotta revenge me, look what they did to me, and pulls off his bandage and there's no cut. He's like, you have to avenge me, look what they did to me. <laughs> Save the city, and we'll make action figures, yeah. and lunch boxes. We're gonna have action figures, we're gonna have keychains, we're gonna have baby uh, media mans. Media man the cereal. Media man the chainsaw. Kids love it. <laughs> Med- media man the flamethrower. Me- media man the dildo. <laughs> De- uh, oh, prospector uh, zombies like it. Oh man, it's green and it glows? Okay. <laughs> I also like that he comes into the house like he's he's covered in bullet holes. Like his clothes are covered <laughs> yeah. in little fucking ballistic holes. Like he's just covered in these things. No one reacts. No, his dad goes, look, they tried to shoot him, but he didn't die. See, see, he's fine. And I'm like, he's fine. He's OK. But but what if he wasn't? Yeah, cool. Your son's Luke Cage. But like, what if he wasn't? Imagine like Jeff accidentally starts like a fashion trend. Like people see him walking around town in the suit with all the bullet holes in it. And then people start like buying suits and just intentionally shooting him up in their backyards. They're fucking wearing like run DMC Meteor Man shirts and shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a look. I, I might be mistaken, but I think that's a minor thing in the Luke Cage TV show where it's like uses. It. No. Oh, yeah. It yeah. Is. Yeah. It's right. As a symbol of like, hey, you can't touch us. Oh, I was kidding. That's a real thing. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot you didn't see that, Sean. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, yeah, because in the show, he's he's the bulletproof black man, uh, bulletproof black man. So like, people mm-hmm. wear like hoodies that are covered in holes, like a, as like a, a statement. And they wear like T-shirts that are like the Run DMC logo that say Luke Cage. I'm I now I kind of want to watch that because the dude at the the kid at the barber shop, like he's selling like T-shirts and shit, and like has like this whole social media campaign for him. Yeah. Okay. It's really good. You need to check it out because Luke Cage is really fucking good. Yeah. What? Watch it all except for Iron Fist. Uh, watch it all except. The, if you're going to watch Luke Cage, watch up to like the second to the last episode and then you're good. <laughs> Just give up at the end there. Because Netflix did. <laughs> they sure fucking did. Also, just before we move on, while this mother is is basically showing off this costume, she is maniacally laughing about how she's, oh yeah, he's going to save everybody. He's going to save us from the crack dealers and the, the gang members and this, that, and the other thing. And, <laughs> and I'm like, yes. what? This woman's losing her fucking mind. <laughs> I, also, I also, about his outfit, I love how pro wrestling it looks. Like it straight looks like something the Shockmaster would wear as he fucking fell through that wall. <laughs> rhinestones all over it it looks like fucking something like like siegfried and roy like like stage show r.i.p r.i.p roy yeah r.i.p and then they just get more ridiculous because then the next one they show is like the fucking one with the high beams attached to it oh my god (laughs) the fucking one with the cameras like totally slayed me yo the, the one with the polaroid cameras on it i don't know about you guys but it looked like cardiac from spider-man to me <laughs> kind of dude oh my god he's and he's like doing like voices like when he has the things on he's like i'm meteor man put that vcr down i don't have evidence and he like <laughs> <laughs> takes a picture he's like now i do he's snapping 
snaps, he snaps a photo with his shoulder cameras. <laughs> Drop that loot. Also, there's a phone attached to his chest, which I don't know how he's calling anybody because <laughs> where is the cord? Yeah, that's not a thing yet. Well, not with that phone anyway. He goes to another town meeting and they're like giving him a fucking chore list of like things to do, which yeah. I kind of went over already, but they're just basically telling him like all the shit they need him to do in town. They're like, oh man, we're so happy to have a hero to help us clean up the shit. Here's our fucking laundry list of shit that we have for you to do. I love superheroing by way of a committee. Like, we have a <laughs> list of things that you're gonna do for us. Yeah, rather than just like, oh, he'll just stop crime on his own. Rather than sitting there and waiting for the Avengers, the Avengers to show up, like, you have a list, you're like, no, this is the shit we need you to assess first. She has an itinerary. I kind of feel bad for Jeff, though, because, like, look at Iron Man. Like, he just told everybody he was Iron Man, but that was his choice. But Jeff, his mother, just blabbed that he has superpowers. <laughs> like, he didn't even have a chance to hide his identity. No. The whole town just knows. Yeah, but Iron Man's also, like, a multi-billionaire that lives sure. in a fucking mansion somewhere. <laughs> they also, in this scene, for some reason, I don't know why they add this. It's kind of cool, but also doesn't go anywhere. Somebody runs up to him and takes his picture with a Polaroid, and his skin and his face and everything are fucking blurred out with this, like, green, uh, like, goo. Yeah, he's, like, he's fucking meteor green. I guess that's supposed to be, like, the radiation? I, I guess so. They can't get his picture taken. Or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> the meteor shit. He's like a fucking sleepwalker. But yeah, I think there's also a scene, like, real quick where, uh, you know, Don Cheadle goes back to the, the Golden Lord's, like, hideout. And there's a big fucking neon sign that says, <laughs> Simon says, break the rules. And he's like, what the fuck are you talking about? What do you mean? And he's like, he was wearing a bulletproof vest, you fucking moron. That's why. And he's like, he's like, no, man, but he flew. He's like, he didn't fly. He's like, just tell me that you fucked up or you lost him. Like, stop lying to me. <laughs> and then uh, they go and beat this poor old woman <laughs> that lives in his apartment building. Seemingly to death. She, they put her in a fucking uh, in a stretcher and they wheel her out. This is also one of those scenes, like, it's very, like, fucked up. And this is kind of his tipping point where he's like, oh, I don't want to do this. Right. Uh, I'm not a superhero, blah, blah, blah. And then, like, he sees the violence inherent, like, in the in the neighborhood. Um, this was his Uncle Ben moment. This, Yeah. It kind of. But, like, off screen? Well, you know, it's, it's not necessarily, I mean, it's heavy, don't get me wrong, but it's not as heavy as, like, your literal no. uncle. But it's kind of like you just said, Joe. It's like he's seeing this stuff happen literally in his apartment complex. And I... I think what actually pushes him over the edge is James Earl Jones basically telling the cop, like, yeah, you know, I didn't see anything. I, you know, I'm sorry, I can't help. And then he, like, breaks down and goes to Robert Townsend. He's like, I saw the whole thing. He's like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to get this out of my head. Yeah. It's pretty touching. Yeah, it, it's it's deep, you know what I mean? And it, it's very serious. Yeah. For all the goofs, goofy stuff in this film, like, there's a lot of serious tone. Again, like, with him getting shot to fucking shit by, like, a, a drive-by, and then, like, this... Like, this is all shit that, like, really happens, and, like, it's kind of, like... <laughs> everything built up around it is kind of like, you know, I don't know. Well, they, they, they bother to show very relatable consequences of, like, how these predatory gangs will start, like, just feeding on, like, a low-income neighborhood or something like that. Exactly. I was gonna say, every time there's, like, a slapsticky moment, there's, like, one of the soundtrack, like, actual songs, and then every time there's, like, like an empathetic moment or, like, you know, a PSA, they just bring in the piano for the score. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then there's, like, an original score. <laughs> the Full House soundtrack. Where it's, like, you know, like, after school sitcom. <laughs> Look, we got to have a talk, okay? Hello, I'm Robert Townsend. Because right before that scene where the lady gets beat up is when he breaks down the crack dealer house and he's like, 
your drug dealer people. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, he find, he <laughs> and they're and they're playing too legit to quit. <laughs> he get his mom gives him his brand new his final quote unquote final meteor man suit, and he, the first thing he does is go break down this crack house. But he like flies out the window, but he's scared of heights, so he flies <laughs> next to the ground. Um, I also like that he he takes out this crack house by like. He, he whaps a couple, like, henchmen and then deals with it by blowing a giant cloud of what I presume is cocaine <laughs> and people into a wall. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. Because when Don Cheadle comes to check on them later, they're all fucked up out of their minds. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm presuming he's like, well, I'll just, I'll just get them all really, really high and they won't be able to... I mean, I mean they're all, like, Scarface level, at least. <laughs> yeah. yeah. After that shit. <laughs> all in their underwear. What the fuck? Because he can see through their things, through their stuff. Well, I think, and I don't know if this is actually true. I'm, I, I'm assuming they're probably on the all in their underwear so that nobody can steal it. Yeah, that's just a drug thing. Oh, they weren't. That was not X-ray vision that time. Oh, that was okay. this, that was this crack house uh, uniform. Bismarck Key was getting down, and then he just fucking blows them all away in a giant, a hilariously giant cloud of cocaine. You know what happened? Fucking Dan Haggerty fucking fell down. <laughs> And his fucking, all his coke flew out of his back pocket. So Grizzly Adams does blow now, I guess. In fact, Meteor Man didn't use some kind of blowing ability. He actually kicked fucking Grizzly Adams on his ass and created that fucking explosion. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) He just just carries him around with him. He's like, hold still. Hey, what'd you do that for? I was just standing there, minding my own business, smoking my cigarettes. Jeez, how'd you see me? My smoke cloud was around me. I better hit a few more ciggies because John Hurt could be around any corner at this rate. Oh, well, give me some of that sweet coke. What do you mean if there's a building full of its own? <laughs> what do you mean people make what it? What do you mean <laughs> We we also at this point it's like kind of like a montage scene. We get we get these two other things that I find fucking hilarious. We get the Meteor Man phone. <laughs> Which is just basically a green phone in his room with a uh, fucking M and an M on it. That I, I don't think it rings once in this movie. Well, they do say it's a designated line. Yes. <laughs> with call waiting. It's not the party line. It's the fucking call waiting line. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't order pizzas from that one. Like, they make a goof, too. They're like, you know, like Batman had. Get it? Yeah, well, right. From the 60s show, right? And then right after the crack house, he does, I think, one of the most ridiculous scenes uh, in the movie where it's the cops versing the blood and crypts oh my god <laughs> together god. and then meteor man separates it all and brings them all together to lay down their guns why are the bloods and the crypts working together why are they on the same coast i, <laughs> it, 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 I don't know joe i think you said before there's like a bunch of musicians in this movie that just don't say anything yeah the cypress hill the band was the crypts in this movie and then naughty by nature were the blood characters yeah <laughs> We also get this fucking scene in this montage of him just randomly, like, cooking eggs in a frying pan with laser vision. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's part of the costume montage. He's like, do the eye laser thing, quick. So after he does, like, the crack bust and all that shit, he fucking goes back to his apartment. He's sitting and he's watching TV with Michael. And John Witherspoon comes on the television. Yeah. Claiming that he's Meteor Man. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny as shit. Wearing this ridiculous jacket with this, like, fucking uh, filigree on the fucking sleeves. <laughs> and he's, like, listing out, like, all of his fucking old things that he, like, got locked up for. And he's like, I don't do that anymore. I'm Meteor Man. Yeah, but he's like, I'm the flying man. I did this. I did this. I did that. I did this. And they're sitting on the couch like, what the fuck? <laughs> Even though, right, at this point in this, in this, at this point in the movie, Jefferson's very easy to find. And it, sh- <laughs> it shouldn't be hard to deduce who he is. Right. 
Right. Well, we also see this fucking reporter for the first time that Eddie Griffin has a crush on. Oh, God, yeah. And as the movie goes on, every news report, she's, like, more and more interested in Meteor Man, which becomes a plot point later on. She is a cat. That's another thing, too. Like, here's another kind of semi-love interest that just fucks off, but also not for Meteor Man. Yeah. Like, I don't know, it's weird. It's, it's just, she's just a weird excuse for some sh- shenanigans to happen. Well, then we see Frank Gorshin. Yeah, we're finally we're finally introduced to Frank Gorshin, who's who's uh, Mr. Byers. Um, and he's, like, in this Scarface-ass fucking mansion with, like, Luther Vandross sitting next to him. And he's yelling at Simon, and he's like, he's like, you, who the fuck, what the, what the fuck's going on? What's with this media man guy? What the fuck? He's like, he's like, we gotta kill this fucking guy. You, what, what, tell me about him. And he's like... Simon's like, I don't know anything about him. He's like, Jesus fucking Christ. He's like, well, you better go find out. It's almost a Dick Tracy assortment of bad guys. Like, I think it's hilarious because Luther Vandross is on, has a decent amount of screen time in this, and he says nothing. Does nothing. <laughs> he just walks around with a silenced pistol for most of the film. Holds it up, smiles, looks at people. That's all he does. We uh, He also announces basically to these people and all the... Uh, let's just call them bad guys, I suppose, in the world, that uh, to bring this guy in uh, alive for a million dollars and dead two million dollars because they're sick of his bullshit. Yeah, because he's basically just, like, fucked up all their, you know, their crime activities. And then this is, and then after this scene, we go to the to the, to the the magical lot that he cleans up. <laughs> the Black Jesus lot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Because Black Jesus, I mean, I know came out way after this, but does the same fucking thing. Goes to an old junkyard, cleans it out, plants fucking vegetables. But the difference is, in Black Jesus, I think he makes, like, marijuana fucking vegetables, and everyone's getting high on the spaghetti sauce. Oh, man. Superman also does this in Batman No Man's Land, because he shows up in Gotham after an earthquake, and Bruce is like, you're fucking useless here. Nobody wants you or needs you. So Clark's like, oh, yeah? I can farm. And he does. <laughs> oh, yeah. He was raised by a farmer, <laughs> wasn't he? Yeah, so he provides food for all the people who, like, are of low income and don't know how to take care of themselves, so that's how he's useful there. But does he inject the ground with his radioactive meteor powers to make the fucking food grow? Uh, no, he does it by just being a farmer in this uh, uh, and makes giant fucking vegetables did he do that yeah Jefferson walks up to this lot and is and is basically God for a few minutes <laughs> they show the news report the next day after he cleans this out he's like kicking cars around and shit um, Bill Cosby's there in the background with a fucking pepper the size of a watermelon <laughs> <laughs> the, the bloods and the crips are taking down tomatoes together <laughs> and like giving them to people <laughs> Tear down that wall. And I'm just like, okay, we're already, everybody's already coming together, huh? So, so, uh, so the news reporter's like, thanks, media man, for making giant vegetables for the community. And if you ever are in town and want to have lunch, look me up. Wink. And then he he fucking high fives Michael across the fucking room. (laughs) (laughs) Then we get introduced to Sinbad officially. Oh, yeah. We go back to school. His name is Malik, and he comes in in this, like, traditional African garb, and he leans over to fucking uh, Jefferson, and he's like, yeah, he's like, oh, I can't believe it. He's like, this is the first black chick I've ever dated. And, and Jefferson's just, like, shaking his head like, who gives a fuck? He straight up cock blocks Jeff because he's about to, like, engage with, what's her name, Susan, I think. Um, and Sinkpad comes in and, like, literally, like, brings this fucking hammer down of flowers in between the middle of them. Yeah. He's like, my Nubian princess. Yeah, my Nubian princess. Which I'm like, 
What the fuck? Because he, like, gets in touch with, like, I guess, like, his African roots. Is that the gag? That's the way I read it. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but that's how it looked to me. Yeah, because he's, like, wearing, he's, like. Because he's got the hat and, like, the onesie on. Yeah, he's got all the garb on and stuff. But he's, like, making comments, like, like yeah, this is the first black girl I've ever dated and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, is this where Jefferson's in his classroom and then he gets uh, visited by. Uh... Oh, wait. Yeah, because uh, we need we need the uh, statistic on this one. This is the one where he has the hand on the book just creating papers. If this even counts. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he, he opens his suitcase and, like, goes to get something. But when he closes it, the camera pans back and he's then surrounded by all the little mini-me's of the fucking gang. And they have him restrained. The baby lords. Yeah. like You got the, the, bear, <laughs> the baby like, lords, the junior lords. Like ninjas that just pop up from fucking nowhere. They're all in there. Even fucking, even Simon. Yeah. The, <laughs> the whole gang is suddenly in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> and this, this is, like, probably the one part of the movie that I thought was pretty fucking stupid. Because Eddie Griffin comes in. And he's like, yeah, oh, wow, wow, okay, yeah, uh, by the way, I heard on the radio just a, just a moment ago that mini- <laughs> that Meteor Man just fucking, you know, he just took out another crack den across town, so, uh, Jeff's not Meteor Man, clearly, and, and Simon <laughs> is just like, oh, uh, okay, yeah, no, yeah, we believe you, okay, sure, we're sorry. Simon, Simon goes, I'm sorry, <laughs> and then leaves. What? And Don Cheadle's like, this is the fucking guy! (laughs) (laughs) This is the guy I shot in broad daylight. What are you doing? Look at the bullet holes in his suit. They're right there. Yeah, right? He's still wearing the same fucking banged up suit. (laughs) He's like putting his hand over the holes like, ah, no, the the dry cleaning accident. He just takes that dude at face value and then just leaves. (laughs) What a compelling argument you presented. I shall take my leave. He's, that's not Media Man, because how can Media Man be here if he just took out a crack house? (laughs) Okay. How can he be mediocre if what you tell me is true? <laughs> He's a fucking nerd, grading papers. Well, then they leave, and uh, Eddie Griffin's like, yeah, I, I came in the back way. I saw him coming in, so I rushed over. So uh, once they leave, uh, we should probably get out of here, right? Yeah, he makes like a joke where like, oh, no, we got to wait for him to leave the parking lot before I go out there. I'm, you're the one with superpowers or some shit like that. I can't fly, ha <laughs> Or beat anybody up, for that matter. So, this asshole ends up, like, sneaking into... He, like, picks Jeff's lock <laughs> and steals his fucking Meteor Man suit and then goes, d- goes and does, like, a mall uh, showing. Yeah, his uniform that they keep referring to it as. Yeah, he goes and does, like, a mall opening. I was like, what, the fucking suit? Like, I, I wasn't processing that, like, for some <laughs> reason. I was like, why the fuck would Eddie Griffin steal his fucking bullet hole suit? <laughs> <laughs> what? And I'm like, oh, wait, I'm a fucking moron. It was the fucking Meteor Man one. Oh, my God. The fucking dog tells him, he's like, your suit. Somebody stole your suit. I didn't see him, though, even though I would probably... I, like, what a bad dog, right? Didn't wake up. I was licking my ass. <laughs> I couldn't be bothered. I was trying to get the red can, Jeff. I don't have opposable thumbs, Jeff. So so then there's just a whole mall scene, which is... <laughs> all I was thinking about was... uh. Winter Soldier, <laughs> when they're in, when hit when Steve and Nat are in the mall, like ducking out from Hydra. Oh yeah, with that you know, just in the Marvel, you just got to put a fucking hat on, and you're good. Put a fucking hat on, and you know what? <laughs> wear a hoodie, get sunglasses, and wear a baseball cap, and you are blended in regardless. Jeff's not wearing shades, but he's got a backwards cap on. Yeah, Michael has the fucking Meteor Man suit on with like a green fucking Zorro <laughs> mask, uh, head head mask on, and he's fucking macking it to these chicks. It's to the reporter. Yeah, it's to the reporter. The one that he's been, like, uh, had his eye on. Yeah. And the fucking Golden Lords hear him, like, broadcast 
that he's at the mall, so they go to the mall to kill him. Dude, this is like a mobster fucking, like, getting ready scene. They're all loading their guns. They're fucking driving over there, like, full speed. And this asshole's like, yeah, I'm Meteor Man. My dick's long. (laughs) (laughs) I got superpowers. I got super sperm. This was also oddly evocative of a scene from John Wick 2. Um... When uh, Keanu Reeves and Common are like just like trading silencer rounds from across like a walkway or something like that, because um, yeah, John Wick fucking uh, laser blasts his pistol so he can't shoot it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> With his laser vision. Yeah, <laughs> these guys like storm the mall and they kill him with silencers and like fucking. I don't know how no one sees this because he's doing it from like across a giant like you know opening, um, and he's like eye lasering these pistols so they are you know. Won't work, will misfire, or something. He, like, fucks up, he, like, he like melts the hammer, or whatever, but, like, these guys, it's the fucking gang. I guess he has super sight, too, because he gets it right on the money every time. <laughs> yeah, but, like, it's the, like, you're looking at these guys, and it's just, like, a gang of dude. like, obviously these are the Golden Lords, and they're just brandishing these fucking pistols, like, so anybody could see them. No one says anything about the four to five bleach blonde dudes walking around in matching black coats, like. <laughs> oh, man. Well, this is where we get the fucking Golden Lord breakdance team, too. We, we, we see them. Oh, yeah, and then, like, as uh, Jeff is approaching Eddie Green, Griffin, Sinbad fucking walks up to him. He just happens to bump into him in the mall, and he's wearing a completely different outfit, but also in the same theme. He's like, oh, man, Jeff, how you doing? So good seeing you out here. Yeah, sorry uh, sorry that was awkward earlier. I'm fucking your old girlfriend or something. <laughs> Uh, uh, you know, I hope you're not upset. He's like, oh, he's like, it's really, it's really clean in here. There's no cigarette butts anywhere. <laughs> he makes a comment about being an inner city mall. Yeah, he makes a comment <laughs> about being in an inner city mall. And he said, oh, I got my dread appointment. Yeah, he's going to get, like, dreads. And then he tells him to stay chilly. <laughs> stay chilly, yeah, that's the last one. Jeff points at fucking Eddie Griffin and kind of floats him off the ground and, uh... Oh, he gives him the fucking 3PO, dude. And every single bad guy sees fucking Jeff in the distance, like, pointing his finger in the air. And they're just like, all right, yeah, follow him. Okay, <laughs> let me get this straight. They were going to shoot him standing there, but they won't shoot him while he's flying. Budget wasn't uh, big enough for that, Joe. Because because <laughs> Simon's like, he like makes them put all their guns away when he start, when he, when Meteor Man starts to fly. You make a good point, though. Like, what's stopping them from doing that? Like, the second he hit the air, they should have just shot him, and then he would have dropped like a sack of bricks. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. <laughs> nah, l- lower your guns. The window work in this place is too good. Or just keep floating there since it was a... Uh... He was being held up. <laughs> yeah, he would just be he would just be riddled with bullets bleeding all over everybody while Jeff just like fucking Jedi mo- fucking telepathy to, or telekinesis them. He keeps trying. He's like, "Oh no, a little further." further. <laughs> <laughs> this poor bastard's floating in midair and his, you know, his ass lets out. He's just shit is just filling the air. Oh no. <laughs> but it's floating. It would be like that scene from was it what is it, Star Trek 4 or 5, where the Klingons get shot in the beginning, and they're just fucking floating yeah. around their weird pink blood old place? Exactly, but it's brown. Oh, man. Well, good thing uh, he's wearing a big green diaper. Yeah, but, you know, Jeff's got to put that back on, and I kind of feel bad for the guy. <sighs> Fuck him. He's got uh, Luther Vandross is there again, and he sees... Jeff, like, levitating. He doesn't do anything. He just sees this happen, but he doesn't fucking act on it. Well, no, he goes and reports it back to Frank Gershon. Oh, okay, sure. So that that's something, I guess. <laughs> I, I'm just saying, he just stands there and looks at him and goes, hmm. He doesn't even do that. Well, then he gets, uh, Jeff gets Eddie Griffin outside and just, like, 
in full view of all these people, just strips him telepathically <laughs> down to his skivvies. Because he won't take his suit off. <laughs> he was so worried about people knowing who he was, but he does. He just like takes his costume yeah! back and, fl- <laughs> and flies off. Ignore the man with the telepathic powers. There's yeah, there's people walking all around him, and he's flipping this motherfucker around, taking all his clothes off. When he starts flaunt, when he, when Jeff like levitates him in the mall, uh, that's Chris Tucker. Over the fucking, uh, over the loudspeaker. He's like the MC, but he's like uncredited. Ah. Oh, wow. I did that. I, it was so weird. Cause he's like, and there he is, Media Man. Well, then we kind of find out through, uh, experimentation. Uh, essentially, Eddie comes to the conclusion that, um, Jeff, every time he uses his powers, he basically gets super tired to recharge because Jeff just sleeps for a super long time. And uh, he gets attacked or almost killed, I want to say. And uh, he doesn't wake up, and the dog has to fucking drag his ass behind, like, a couch. Frank Gorshin, like, rolls up, and, like, uh, they see, um, you know, somebody's banging on his door, like, Oh, uh, Jeff, they're coming, blah, blah, blah. And then Tiny, like, punches a fucking hole through his door, and they come in, but the but the dog, Ellington, like, pulls him in the back of a couch and, like, covers him in dirty clothes or some shit so they don't find him because he's asleep. And then, and then like, Simon just walks in and is like, oh, boss, why are you here? And he's like, why are you here? Huh, funny seeing you here. We should probably leave. Okay. And then he makes, like, an offhand comment where he's like, he's like, it's okay, media man losing his powers. And I'm like, how the fuck do you know? Also, just, like, look behind the couch, asshole. <laughs> yeah, right? He, like, walks in, looks at the laundry and doesn't go any further. Like... You'd think these guys would, like, rip this place apart, right? Because they're, like, they just broke his fucking door down, dude. <laughs> you know? They just step in, like, three feet, and they're like, hmm, not here. Okay, bye. Do you, do you want to pursue this? No. Eh, fuck it. Let him, let him recharge. And then I guess, like, the community is just like, well, uh, because he beat the shit out of him, they're going to try to kill him or destroy the town, so maybe we should just uh, pool our money and uh, buy him a nice fucking condo somewhere and ask him to leave. Yeah! Somebody stands up and goes, "No more dead cops." <laughs> and then, and then James Earl Jones steps forward and goes, "I'm the Batman." They fu- <laughs> with his hair sticking up like a pencil. Yeah, they fuck up this whole city block. Like it's just tagged from head to toe the buildings. Yeah, and then like they're like inside, and um, you know, after the community meeting, he's like, he's like, "Oh, they'll leave or whatever." Because yeah, he goes to the community center. And they're all, they're, like I was saying, they're trying to pull their money basically to get him out of town and basically save him because he did so much good for them. And he kind of uh, says, okay, yeah, you know, I'll do it. Uh, they're like, oh, what are we going to do about this problem? And then, like, the the lords are, like, outside again. And, the, like, the whole community runs out. And they're like, we know who you are, motherfucker. And they're like, take this. And they, like, go to shoot everybody. <laughs> And he, and he, like, goes and catches all the bullets, like, really fast, which is kind of neat. Because this is when Simon shows up with his fucking trench coat and hat. Yeah. Like, he <laughs> might as well be sporting a Tommy gun. But, but they're, like, they have his mom hostage, question mark, because there's, like, two biker guys, like, drive away, and they're all, like, crouched up. You know, it's like fucking Two-Face in uh, Batman Forever, where he's wearing the old lady garb and pulls the fucking rocket launcher out of the baby carriage. Yes. Like, what are they doing? It was a very poorly executed ruse, just to get him outside. <laughs> right? Just be like, hey, come outside. <laughs> 
died and he would have came down. Yeah, and then and then he does some like Naruto move where he's like running back and forth as fast as he can, catching every bullet. Yeah, yes. S- suddenly he's a speedster, um, and he's catching bullets in his teeth and with his hands. Yeah, right. But that this is when the audience sees that he's losing his powers because he opens up his hands and they're like actually bleeding from catching the bullets. Yeah, so he's so he's also Adrian Veidt from Watchmen. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but like, not once do I mean. Not once do the Golden Lords, like, they know who his family is and who he's, like, always hanging around. Never once do they, like, take them hostage or, like, kill them or, like, go after him. Right. Torture Eddie Griffin or some shit. Right. They just keep trying to kill Meteor Man. And I'm like, that's not a good villain. Well, Don Cheadle knows his family and everything, but Simon Kane won't, you know, actually give him the go-ahead to do any of that. I feel like that's why that happens. Right. Because he's just like, well, you know, we we can't confirm this guy's identity. <laughs> right. But it's him. Like, after this, though, now he knows, you know, for sure. Well, yeah. So then, yeah, you, this is where they go to the community center, and basically he agrees to leave, and then he's, like, packing his bag, and he just looks like he's throwing, like, socks and underwear into a suitcase. And he's talking to Eddie Griffin, like, yeah, I guess I gotta leave to save the town. And But, but also, actually, one thing of note that I just remembered I forgot to mention... When he's in that town hall and they're all basically like, yeah, we're going to pay to get you out of here. He's like, you know, you guys are all complaining and giving up, but you never even tried to stop the crime in this town. Like, you didn't even try to push back. And he basically makes them all feel bad. And then uh, he goes to leave because he doesn't want to bother them essentially anymore or bring them trouble. Well, yeah, because, like, they busted his balls to be a fucking hero. And now that he's being a hero, it's only, like, made it worse in the neighborhood. And then he's like, you know, how can we stop it if we pretend like we don't see them? And, like, you know, they complain, but they're not doing anything. Right. Like, James Earl Jones saying he didn't see anything, and then the cop leaves, and he's like, oh, my God, it fucked me up. I saw the whole thing. Right. But then the next scene, he's, like, freestyling with people. Right. Outside. Jeff is like, yeah, I gotta leave. Fuck it. Like, I'll just leave. But he, like, I guess he's not leaving tonight, right? So he's going to bed. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, Dre and uh, Squirrel are spying on him from across the street on a fucking rooftop with binoculars. With a cell phone. They're like, yeah, he's home. And then, like, the, you know, they pass the message on, and they bring out trucks. Like, this little lord is like, trucks! As if I didn't need the Dark Knight to be uh, invoked anymore. <laughs> they bring out this fucking, <laughs> this fucking circus-looking 18-wheeler. I'm like, all right, who's flipping that one? Yeah. <laughs> It's like the Satan's Den trailer. But, like, what are these for? Is this just, like, block traffic, essentially? It, yeah, exactly. It looked like basically to box to box everybody in, but, like, you're dealing with a guy who could just throw these trucks at you and, you know. <laughs> right. And then this junior, this junior fucking lord just takes a random Molotov cocktail and just, like, blows up a car that I don't even think is Jeff's. <laughs> and then they start like marching in towards the apartment complex. Yeah, well, they gotta make you gotta have some fire and shit, right? It's the it's the end set piece. <laughs> Eddie Griffin comes out later and he's like, "All right, time to leave." Up, oh, fuck my car! Why is just my car's the only one blowing up? <laughs> yeah, our chaos meter is sitting at a half. We gotta fill it up. Uh, so basically, Simon calls out Jeff and just says, "Meteor Man" with the panache of the troll two. Oh my god, <laughs> he hits this fucking. He's like, "Meteor Man." <laughs> He built buffers, that shit. And also, this is right after Jeff tells Eddie Griffin that his powers are weak right now, and he shows him, like, his hand injury from catching the bullets. And he's like, well... And Griffin even tells him, he's like, you can't go out there, they're gonna kill you. And he's like, well, I got it, what am I supposed to do, hide under my bed? Right, well, and he doesn't want to be a hypocrite, because he just fucking, you know, went off on the town, essentially, about them running away. Well, yeah. So he goes down there, and uh, as he's passing every neighbor that we've kind of been, uh... 
acquainted with. Uh, James Earl Jones specifically is kind of like poking his head out his door, looks kind of like depressed about the whole thing, but doesn't doesn't fucking do anything. Just basically watches this guy walk to his doom. They like turn off all their lights and just let him go outside without saying anything. <laughs> doesn't doesn't he also like have a it's an oddly comedic but also kind of like melancholy where he takes his wig off and just sobs to himself. <laughs> Yes. First, you're like, wow, that's actually kind of touching, but then it- And he's crying profusely. Yeah. Yeah, but it's preceded by, like, let me take off this ridiculous wig and now be ashamed <laughs> of myself. Like, <laughs> I guess it's kind of like, I'm pretending to be somebody I'm not, and I should just be me and, like, stand up for the community. Yeah, like, like how 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 dare I pass judgment on this guy when I'm, I'm full of shit myself? When I'm putting bad wigs on. Well, then Simon, he basically puts the hand out saying, all right, uh, Jeff, uh- Let's make peace. You can have Washington. I'm gonna go take New York. Yeah. And then he fucking headbutts him in the face. <laughs> dude, Jeff gets the living daylight speed out of him. Oh yeah, dude. Uh, f- for as long as the sequence is, I liked pretty much all of it. Oh, it's great. Because as far as like final battles go, it's not one of those things where like they dip in for 90 seconds and then dip the fuck out. Like this goes on and like the action kind of like goes down and goes up and then kind of you know evolves and changes. Yeah, he gets his ass rocked, but uh. Uh, he gets a few good hits in for being a fucking wet towel, dude. Well, especially he gets a good uh, he gets a good one on Simon that draws blood, and then Simon just sends all his fucking mooks after him and just starts getting hit from every angle. <laughs> yeah, Don Cheeto like fucking hits him in the back of the head, he, like fucking pistol whips him. Um, but like, let's be clear here: Jeff has no powers. Like, not only are they deteriorating, but they're just non-existent at this point. They're not even like half charged. But that's why he picks up the pipe. To- Try to keep some distance between them. Yeah. Dude, we have a full-on Jackie Chan moment here for, like, a couple minutes. They're all fighting with these fucking pipes for, like, a couple <laughs> a couple scenes. I, I, I kind of fucking love that. Hold on. Jeff's getting his fucking ass kicked, and then Bill Cosby hears this shit going on outside. He's like, what the fuck's all this ruckus? <laughs> Climbs out of his hovel. Let me tell you something. Bill Cosby does not have a line of dog- dialogue in this movie, but he barks because he talks to the dogs. <laughs> Yeah, he like assembles the canine Avengers essentially. Like, yeah, he's yeah, because he because he has his piece of the meteor still yes. that he collected when Jeff got hit with it. So, and he comes outside, and uh, Simon's like done beating the shit out of Jeff, and he's and he pulls out his gun to go shoot him, and um, <clears throat> this is where the town kind of like gets up off their ass and does something about it. And he, like, throws a... Fu- uh, James Earl Jones throws a fucking record at Simon's hand, and it, like, knocks his gun out of his hand <laughs> from, like, the third story. Yeah. He's a fucking Deadeye. The Batman soundtrack? Throw it. Yeah. <laughs> a Milli Vanilli record? There it goes. I thought he took off a thumb or something at first, but he looks pretty okay. So that happens, and then, like, everybody starts kind of uh, getting their balls up to, like, take on the Lords. But then Bill Cosby, like uses the meteor powers to like pull the guns out of all the all the lord's hands right and then and then eddie griffin comes in with a pipe and they're like oh what the fuck what's going on and gets rocked immediately (laughs) doesn't he roundhouse kick someone and that guy immediately grabs him and breaks his arm like eddie griffin's like oh my god all this black on black crime and then gets his ass kicked (laughs) he's like i'm gonna kick your ass The best part, though, is Eddie Griffin goes out of his way to run around the back of the building to try to surprise these people. He goes, he, he, they show him run down the back of the alley to fucking try to catch him by surprise, and then he just gets taken out in like one second. Yeah, and like, and like, there's like a redeeming moment for Squirrel and that and that kid Dre from the beginning where they like take the gun and they're like, no, don't kill him or whatever. Um, and then 
and then this woman from like the th- again from a third story window throws like a fucking rock but inst- it it hits Bill Cosby by accident and knocks the fucking meteor out of the can and then Simon and Jeff like go for it each each at the same time and like grab the meteor with one hand each and they like suck the power out of it and it like explodes I love this cuz it's like you've now entered phase 2 of the boss fight <laughs> yeah it's fucking great dude it's like a dark souls fight like a big cutscene happens all of a sudden you're like wait a minute he has full health now <laughs> they like it's so cool cuz like I I love this kind of shit they like peel themselves all they like they get blown to either side of the street but like into cars the weirdest sound effect (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) it's like wet it's like silly putty on paper yeah oh it's so weird sounding it's like they melted the car and they got stuck to it yeah they like peel themselves out of like their indentation on the cars i don't know i always thought that was cool hi eddie (laughs) remember me as soon as he peels himself off the car we get the first official recorded yeah boy Ever, I think. Oh, yeah. I, th- I, th- I think we could definitely say this was the first one. I think so. Um, and then Simon does, oddly, like, my favorite superpowered thing in the movie, where he just fucking, sh- he pushes a van horizontally at Jefferson. <laughs> like, it just slides across the street at him. It's fucking rad looking, because it's all practical. It looks so cool. This is where that, he, he yeah, he, the fucking van, like, explodes with pipes out of the back and this is the pipe fight yeah they have a full-on like fucking kendo match yeah like jeff jumps on top of a fucking car with a pipe and just starts whacking people with him <laughs> well then tiny lister he fucking comes up and i guess he for he he gets a little cocky for some reason and he goes after a meteor man for first the the uh the books come out oh yeah i forgot about that before tiny lister comes up because the whole time tiny lister is just stroking his cast every time he's like in the backdrop <laughs> He's just stroking his arm. <laughs> right, right, because Meteor Man's getting his ass kicked and he gets thrown through this fucking truck full of books, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's also a great shot, too, because, like, I think like, Simon hits him or smacks him, and, like, this stunt dude flies through the windshield <laughs> of a truck, and then, like, it pans as if he's flying through it, and then Jefferson comes out the back of it into a pile of books. Straight Looney Tunes, man. <laughs> it's like... Dum, 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 dum. It is awesome looking dude i fucking love it man and you're right he goes he goes full urkel he touches the bruce lee fucking book oh yeah man (laughs) this power was the longest clock it was a minute and 35 seconds oh my god (laughs) gratuitous i was gonna say i'm glad you timed him because because this one was egregious i'm like 30 seconds my ass like yeah he's taking his time he's he's taunting he's screaming he's he's doing the whole fucking Yeah, he's going full fucking uh, Rudy Ray Moore here. Yeah, he fucks up a bunch of he he like kicks everybody's ass in the in the gang, and then starts to go after Simon, and then like loses it. That and this scene also has some of the weirdest like additional audio. Yeah, where the <laughs> the Golden Lord that knows martial arts. There's like three different people chanting. <laughs> oh, Larry! Yeah, Larry! This fucking kid. <laughs> he's like, come on, Larry. Get him, Larry. <laughs> Get him, Kung Fu Larry. <laughs> Kung Fu Larry. And this kid just keeps, like, shadow kicking. Like, he just keeps, like, doing that weird, like, warm-up kick. And Jefferson just keeps casually moving out of the way. <laughs> Dude, he whips this kid's ass, and then the kid gets up and just fucking runs away crying. <laughs> <laughs> but while this madness is going on in this minute-and-a-half, 30-second block... Uh, Tiny Lister, he rips his cast off and fucking charges at this guy. First, he punches a window. Like, we're like, okay, he can punch out a window. <laughs> yeah, he goes full Goldberg. Yeah, and then punches him with his good arm and also shatters that arm. Breaks that, punches him with the other one, breaks that arm, and then kicks him and then, like, breaks his foot. Yeah, he goes full Black Knight. And then tries to bite him, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 
yes, he does. He tries to find him. These are the lessons that a man must learn to give up that bomb trigger on that boat, okay? Oh my god. He's been humbled. He sits there, he's like, give it to me. I'll do what I'll do what you can't do. <laughs> Remember that time I bit that guy and broke all my teeth? You have no idea what I've seen, okay? So he loses his so after the tiny thing, he like loses his power. Or, or he loses the Bruce Lee shit, and he goes to look for the book again, and he thinks he grabs it, but he picks up runway modeling? <laughs> <laughs> the best scene of the movie, hands down. This is, this is so fucking funny. I love this fucking gag. This this has always stuck with me. Like, I remember this vividly, like, from when I was a kid. He ends up throwing the book to fucking, to Simon, and he catches it, and they literally have, like, a fucking Vogue off. Yeah! <laughs> a full-on drag fucking uh, drag queen runway fucking off. They fucking start zoolanding with each other. It's awesome. They're, and they have a slap fight. They get really bothered. And then suddenly sna- they're like snap at it. They're like, ugh, ugh, what happened? Dude, that, right at the end there where they're like they're like slapping each other? That's the fucking funniest thing. Yeah, and then was it Shake, uh, shake That Body is playing over? <laughs> yes. This power lasted for 43 seconds. But the bigger issue with this is that Simon King got the power after him oh yeah and they both ended at the same time you know meter man he could have used those couple of seconds to really what you know lay down some whoop ass <laughs> big daddy kane's like what's up with your boy and don Cheeto goes that's not my boy <laughs> then the most fucked up part of the movie and also like vaguely funny in one way because on the side of this dumpster that simon picks up it just says gl rules golden lords with, with like some really bad spray paint and uh fucking uh jeff's dog is there Ugh, and yeah. he's just like yeah watch this and he just fucking he he hucks this dumpster at this poor dog and fucking squashes it <laughs> ellington is 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 down for the count <laughs> and then simon picks up fucking uh um jeff and like throws him old over the fucking building yeah and he's like he's like all right i want to talk with all the world's leaders because i'm god now and then he like turns to the gold lords he's like all right shoot me and they're like what <laughs> and he's like shoot me i i was really for a second hoping against hope that he'd be like shoot me they shoot him and he just died i know yeah <laughs> oh man his power runs out and he just fucking explodes with blood he goes i will be god on this planet and then they fucking unload on him. He's like nuclear man, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, they unload on him, and and uh, after that, yeah, he's like, I'm God, and that's where you get that sound clip. Yeah, boy! <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, miraculously enough, Meteor Man is uh, okay, because he really just kind of threw him on the roof. I don't know what he really thought was going to happen. <laughs> if, yeah, he was like crying about his dog and got thrown on the roof. He was like, time for time to change my outfit. <laughs> yeah, he comes back in full fucking regalia. And then suddenly he's like massively more powerful than Simon and the rest of these people. Yeah, what hap- What is with that? He goes full fucking Ipkiss. Because <laughs> he's dashing around, spinning like fucking like Taz the... Uh, t- Tasmanian Devil. Tasmanian Devil, like punching the yeah. shit out of these guys. Oh yeah, he's masking around for sure. He's like punching them all. It- it's like Don... It's like the main like core lords right well it's like davy just said it's like fucking looney tunes yeah well yeah no i'm saying like it's it's not only is it simon but it's like don Cheadle and like the other two guys yeah yeah and he's like punching them like crazy he pantses all the baby lords and ties their pants together <laughs> he strips these children and ties them all together with their clothes <laughs> but he also drains simon's powers too uh, when he ties up Simon. Because apparently he can do that. Yeah, an extra ability. Which is an ability that I didn't list before. Yeah. Uh, yeah, drains someone's powers and then wraps him up in fucking, uh, like, electrical cord? Yeah, it looks like a fucking jumper cable or some shit. And then they, uh, 
the rest of the lords kind of like are like, yeah, you think you're gonna get away with that? And then like Meter Man like barely says anything. He's like, yeah, okay, try me. And they're like, ah, they all fucking run away. <laughs> like, not they don't even try to put up a fight. No. Also, the Junior Lords are are some group like musical group, and I can't remember what they're called. I never even heard of them. Oh, uh, another bad creation. Yeah, another bad or creation like or something like that. Yeah, I don't. I never heard of them. But yeah, and then fucking Frank Gorshin rolls up in his fucking Dick Tracy mobile, this 1920s fucking mobster car. He rolls up on a street that was blocked off by trucks, just so uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's like, he's like, oh, where the fuck is, where, where the fuck's going on? He's like, I want to, I, you know, where's a media man? I'm gonna fucking kill that media man. He is, he is producing angers, like, ang- like a, a level of anger that I have never seen before. He's like, what, what is going on? I would say it's akin to dude in uh, Ghostbusters Two, the judge. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I'm not finished. I was gonna say this. This scene just leads up to basically Great Adventures Batman show because then <laughs> a car flies. <laughs> through a fucking truck yes off of a ramp oh yes oh my god it's like the fucking lethal weapon show and who's in the fucking car the bloods and crips cypress hill and naughty by nature <laughs> who they, who then just they they get out and wordlessly just like gesture upwards and then yeah frank frank gorshin's like he's like what what's up there what is it ah! and then like and then Suddenly, they are surrounded by like up like ten thousand United <laughs> Bloods and Crips who are on the rooftop of every building, just popping up like dominoes. Like also in synchronized order, where it would be Blood Crip, Blood Crip, Blood Crip, Blood yeah, it's Crip. Blue red, blue red, blue red, blue red. <laughs> also, when the fucking Lords and Gorshin get kicked out of this fucking town, it's gonna be chaos. <laughs> oh yeah, they're not having a barbecue together. You know what I mean? Congra- congratulations, you just gave this town to a previously warring. Uh, to a pair of warring factions. Yeah, back to the other gangs. Well, then he goes to leave, and they're just, like, backing their cars up, and the cops just catch them immediately. They're just like, all right, you're all in the rush. And they're like, ah, fuck, I knew we shouldn't have gone in reverse. Where have you guys been the whole time? Uh, we don't go in that part of town. It's like fucking, it's like Predator 2, Danny Glover, L.A. You know what I mean? They, they don't fuck around down there. <laughs> Scorpio's there. Come and <laughs> the cops like look between Gotham, Freeland, Metropolis, Central City. We don't go there, all right? You supers are there, all right? Yeah, right. Yeah, they got media, man. They're good now. I mean, well, what about before? Uh, yeah, uh, gotta go. I can't speak for that. <laughs> Hell of a storm. Well, then they they uh the entire neighborhood essentially surrounds this dying dog. And Bill Cosby comes up because I, I guess Meteor Man either just doesn't have the power or can't heal it. And Bill Cosby just is like, yeah, let me take care of this. Give it a little jello, a little bit of this drink. <laughs> Bill Cosby knows dogs. He's like x-raying the dog and then like his vision fades and then like he's, it's finally done, right? Like he has no more meteor juice in him. I, I guess. And the dog's okay, so who really gives a shit? Yeah. Oh no, what is this, the end of Rise of Skywalker? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he heals the fucking giant worm thing. Just, just, just runs out of force juice. Yeah, that, well, for for Jeff, good thing that uh, Bill had that last bit of meteor juice in him because he saves that fucking dog. Yeah, what, Bill Wren or Kylo Cosby? <laughs> oh, geez, that's a. I like, I like Kylo Cosby. That, that's a messy road to go down. Yikes! I mean, Bill Cosby can go off and fuck himself because. Uh... <laughs> oh, oh, Bill. Bill Cosby can die and then be mad about it, okay? I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck him. And we, we end this film on a smiling uh, Robert Townsend 
in, with a freeze frame. Yeah. And we go right into this fucking amazing credits with this Meteor Man theme that plays over the... I kind of love it. I said in our Instagram chat, it's very reminiscent of T-U-R-T-L-T. Power. Power. <laughs> um, I'm into it, dude. Sign me the fuck up. So these credits you'll uh, watch, Connor. Is that what you're trying to tell us? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I, I heard the first bit of it and then shut it right off. <laughs> All right, at least they're consistent. Yeah, but spoilers, there's nothing at the end of the credits. No no Meteor Man 2 or what have you. They, they wrapped it up in a nice package. So, uh, so where are we putting this, fellas? Uh, I didn't think about this for long. Fucking shelf. God, this movie's funny. Um, it's, like, I haven't seen Blank Man in a long enough time to have basically no memories of it. Um, but I have, I had never seen this before today. Um, and I, oh, really? I, yeah, and I kind of hold it in higher regard than what I can remember from Blank Man, because um, this movie's ridiculous, um, and because it's kind of, it reminds me of, like, other DC superhero shit, and, like, some of the jokes are really, really fucking funny, um, the special effects are cool, um, the cast is ridiculous, I don't know, it's just, it's nebulously fun, um, and if you've never sat through it, I really recommend it, it's, it's kind of a great time, um, and usually when I just like something like this, I don't have too much to say about it. So, yeah. Shelf. Um, if I had to pick between two movies, it's sitting between. Um, I, I mean, Blank Man, probably. Obligator- uh, you know, out of obligation. Um, and, like, um, I don't know, because I'm struggling to think of, like, superhero comedies that I've seen in the last, like, two decades or so. That isn't like something that's super edgy or you know something like Kickass where it's kind of just, it's leaning too hard in one direction. I don't really know, uh, but yeah, shelf totally. Um, yeah, definitely shelf for me. It was already there. Fucking p- fucking picked it right out, threw it on. Um, I used to watch this flick all the time when I was a kid. Um, and I loved it then, and I still love it now. I think it holds up a lot. Uh, I think it's actually a very important film, um, to the superhero genre. And like even like black film, I I, I can't believe that it, it lost so much money. That that fucking like blows my mind. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I love I love the the tonality of this film. How like there can be some really like there's there's some really heavy shit in this, but they play they they play it pretty light um, with their transitions and stuff and how they kind of handle the aftermath of it. Um, but there is a message here, I think. Um, but it's, it's not like beat you over the head with it. Um, it's, it's, it's totally fun time. It's funny as hell. Yeah. The effects are good. The acting's good. I fucking love the golden Lords. I love that whole idea of like these super well-dressed, uh, black men with like, with like golden hair. I don't know. They're very like striking. And, uh, I think, I think, uh, uh, Robert Townsend and, and, um, Eddie Griffin like work really well together. I like their chemistry and stuff. Uh, yeah. Shelf. Uh, it's a great flick. So this is a shelf movie easily, and I said this earlier in the episode, but I never saw this before. You know, I've been hearing about it for years from Joe, like, man, you got to see fucking Meteor Man. You got to watch this movie. And uh, when we earlier in the year when we decided we were gonna do it, I was like, okay, the, it's fu- the time has finally fucking come. And uh, what can I really say that you guys already didn't? But uh, the acting's really good. The comedy's there. I love the little cameo by guys like Sinbad and uh, John Witherspoon. And, uh, you know, Robert Townsend's great in this. And like you said, Joe, I agree. Him and Eddie Griffin actually have pretty good chemistry in this film. And uh, I guess my I don't really have any complaints about this film. I think that it kind of wraps up a little bit 
too contrived for me personally, but it is also a comedy and you're, you're trying to go out on a positive note. Like I feel like they tried a little too hard with this whole dog angle with the dog almost getting killed and then being brought back. But I, I, I don't dislike it. We also wrap it the fuck up quick too. Like after that happens, we just race to that finish line. Oh yeah. Yeah. The, the dog gets healed. The people get arrested. He smiles. Fucking end credits. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, where on the shelf am I putting this? So, so far we've had John Carpenter's Vampires is the crown on the Daniel Baldwin statue in the closet. And uh, if you heard last week's episode, the suckling, we know where that went uh, deep in the nether regions. So, you know, uh, if this even makes any sense to you guys at home, whatever the fuck I'm even talking about anymore, but I think it would be the cape. You know, if, if you were able to take uh, Meteor Man and, and transfigure <laughs> it into a fucking cape, probably made out of newspapers or some shit because it's part of the Baldwin statue. Um, that's where it would probably lie on the shelf. Um... And, uh, yeah, I, I would highly recommend this film if you haven't seen it. It's kind of like a Shakes the Clown scenario, I, w- I would almost argue. Yeah. Where it was, like, kind of, again, it was in my radar for a super long time, and I just never pulled the trigger on it. And uh, I'm glad I did for this show. I think maybe, I, oh, I'm sorry, just real quick. I, I didn't uh, I didn't say what it would be between on the shelf. Um, I, I think... It either goes between Blank Man and either the Roger Corman Fantastic Four or Orgasmo. Ooh, okay. okay. Now, Orgasmo obviously isn't a superhero movie. It's the it's the guys who made South Park, but like that kind of like slapsticky superhero-y thing, yeah, is kind of happening there. I mean. Uh, Maybe that's a bad comparison, but... Uh, no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, as far as, like, superhero comedies go. Because it's it's definitely a comedy first and forefront. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe that. Maybe, like, che- yeah, like, cheesy Roger Corman, Fantastic Four, and then, like, Orgasmo or something like that. Yeah, it's it's gone. It's on the shelf for me already, um, for sure. Uh, I remember this movie as a kid, and I think I like it more now that I've rewatched it for this episode, because it's been a few years since I've seen it again, but paying that much attention to it uh this movie has a lot that most superhero movies lack i feel um and it's just very unknown as well which is part of the sad part of it um as far as what i would put it in between probably super i was thinking that too yeah Um, maybe i I switched my answer (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Blade 2, because Blade 2 has a lot of ridiculous one-liners in it. Yeah. But it's also an amazing black superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, I, um, okay, that's a good one. Um, I don't think this is a bad movie. I think it's a movie of its time, so... Yeah. Agreed. It holds up well. It holds up great, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Before we close out, I just wanted to also ask you, Dave, if uh, there's anything in particular you want to promote. It's been a year since we've had you on the show. Well, right now... All conventions are canceled, and <laughs> I am wide open for commissions. Uh, if anyone is interested, they can check out my art. It's uh, linked in every movie dumpster post, pretty much, but it's the Scaredy Cat on Instagram. And uh, I do pretty wild custom pet portraits, but I also do a bunch of superhero stuff. So, And you got a lot of commissions coming from us. We got a, we got a big project for you yeah. coming up. So if you are uh, <laughs> looking... To where to spend that stimulus check, 
check out my artwork. Absolutely. And uh, we kind of missed it in the beginning, and I apologize for that. But um, just in case nobody uh, knows, but Dave, Dave is our resident artist, and he did the um, the hand coming out of the garbage can, our, our main logo. And he does all of our event logos, too, like uh, the Blockbuster Bombs and the Trick or Trash and the Trashing Through the Snow events um, that we do. And he's cooking up uh, one right now for uh, a brand spanking new event that we're going to do this year. We're going to roll out in a couple months. And um, and yeah, we got some other stuff that we're going to be working on him with. And you should totally hit him up because he's amazing. Um, and again, does a, all those awesome pet portrait stuff. Like, I, I think we mentioned it last time, but like, you know, he'll t- he'll take your dog and turn it into the Hulk or your cat and make him Thor. You know what I mean? It's it's And they're really great. Um, yeah, definitely go check them out. Yeah, and sky's the limit with that. You did one recently I saw on your Instagram of this bird in the Chicago... Uh, Cubs regalia. I thought that was fucking amazing. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that was actually my first bird commission. And uh, and then right after that, I uh, I did this pit bull as Lemmy from Motorhead. So ah, <laughs> that man. that one's up there as well to check out. That's awesome. But yeah, sky sky's the limit with the the commissions. I'm open to anything and everything. Awesome. And and uh, as always, the his links are in the show notes, and we'll, we'll definitely put it in the uh, in all the posts around Instagram, Facebook, so you'll be able to follow him. So that's it. That's Meteor Man from 1993, directed by Robert Townsend. Hey, everybody, if you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us anywhere you listen to your podcast, and make sure to leave us a five-star review if you dig the show, because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster and into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at Movie Dumpster on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. I'm Joel Escola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor McGraw. And I'm David DeForn. Thanks for visiting the dumpster. Drug dealer people, Meteor Man's in town.